Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump has unleashed a new threat to American democracy. So saith CNN. Why? Because Donald Trump gave another speech. Well, he gave his first speech since leaving office at CPAC. He ragged on the Democrats. He ragged on the, the rhinos, the Republican in name only, hinted at a potential 2024 run and talked about voter fraud and all that stuff again. And CNN is acting like it's the apocalypse. But that's not even my favorite article. It's good, right? It's funny to read this, this just apocalyptic Donald Trump, his, his deadly violence, insurrection, and all this other unhinged nonsense. But Vox also put an article talking of, it's a poll survey of Republican voters showing that the Republicans back Trump. Like almost everything he says, they back what he's saying. So when you see Trump give this speech, it's not just Trump unleashing a threat to democracy. It's Trump speaking to the voters who agree with everything he's saying. Of course, the media is now acting like it's the apocalypse. So we got a bunch of news today. We got that. We got Cuomo is apparently admitting he's getting me too now three times. They're really trying to get rid of Cuomo, I guess. And then we have probably the most important story in the world. Trending on Twitter is... Wimixen. You heard me right. It's W-O-M-X-N. And it's creating a backlash because apparently the left is angry that Twitch, the streaming service, used this word to try and be inclusive. But now they're saying it's actually exclusive, like uninclusive, whatever the word is, because it's creating a new word that's like not for regular women. It's 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 dumb. No matter what you do, you're going to offend them. So we'll talk about that, too. We have a fun guest tonight. We got Cassandra Fairbanks. Hey, thank you you for having me. Introduce yourself. I am Cassandra Fairbanks. I write for Gateway Pundit. I, yeah. Start trouble on Twitter? Huh? You start trouble on Twitter? I start trouble on Twitter. Good hobby. My favorite hobby. There you go. Pretty offensive. Yeah. All right. Good intro. We got Yanis chilling. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is for all the Whimson out there. I'm going Wh- I'm gonna call, call him Whimson. Whimson. I like, like Professor that. Professor Xavier. Whimson? Yeah, yeah like maybe. Whimsical. Cassandra, it's, it's great to Wimixin, see you Whimson, you bigot. Oh, man, I got a lot to learn. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm here. Teach me. <laughs> yes, we're here for it. And of course? I am here in the corner pushing buttons. That's correct. With my good pal, Cassandra, and my, and my dudes over here. Ladies and gentlemen, before we start reading all of this very, very important news, check out StrongerBonesAndLife.com, and you can get access to BioTrust Ageless Multicollagen, 51% off. This stuff is awesome. Uh, as most of you know, I am a skateboarder. I r- routinely engage in skateboarding activities, and I'm also a very old man who's going to turn 35 in about Oof. one week. So uh, I got to take this stuff seriously. And, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna point something out. I wonder if they're gonna get mad at me for this. They give me a script, right, to promote them. Now, I legit think Biotrust is awesome. Ian actually just put some in his coffee. It's, it's so like, good. It's good stuff. And, you know, if, if you're somebody who's very physically active and you want to take care of your joints and your bones and your skin, you definitely want this stuff. They sent me this script though, and in it, it says, it says, uh, supplementing collagen will improve your skin's elasticity, making it smoother, more plump, and more youthful looking. And I'm like, that's true. I'm just not entirely sure how many guys are looking for that in a product. Like, I don't know, you guys watching, you're probably like, I want to have strong bones, be able to like punch a bear, you know? But hey, if you want to be youthful looking and have plump skin, I mean, definitely, you know, collagen does it for you. So stronger bones and life. We've got some important uh, things to add to this. So you get a 60, 60 day money back guarantee. The healthy aging support of collagen in its ideal form comes in this one right here. Five key types of collagen you need from four different sources. Hydrolyzed collagen peptides, meaning better and faster digestibility to support maximum benefits. For every order today, they will donate a nutritious meal to a hungry child in your honor 
through their partnership with NoKidHungry.org. That's actually really awesome. To date, Biotrust has provided over 4.4 million meals to hungry kids. Please help Biotrust hit their goal of 5 million meals this year. It is non-GMO and free of artificial flavors, preservatives, sweeteners, free of gluten, antibiotics, and RBGH and RBST. No odor or taste, unlike bone broth and other collagen supplements. There is no clumping, unlike other collagen supplements. Free shipping on every order. Free VIP live health and fitness coaching from Biotrust's team of expert nutrition and health coaches for life with every order. That seems like way too good of a deal, to be completely honest. Free new e-report. The 14 foods for amazing skin with every order. I mean, I got to be honest, that actually sounds really amazing. So look, I, I mean it. I skate all the time and I my elbow's all messed up. I got swellbow. That's what it's called. You know, swellbow. That was so funny when you said that. Swellbow. It's when you <laughs> hit your elbow and then it swells up. Aww. So I, I legit, I put this in my smoothies and it, it's really good. It's like, makes it strangely like thick and delicious. So again, go to strongerbonesandlife.com, 51% off. And serious thank you to Biotrust for sponsoring the show. Let's, uh, oh, oh and, and, don't, and don't forget, go to timcast.com, become a member. We'll have some more exclusive members-only posts there, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. But let's read this first story from CNN. Trump unleashes new threat to American democracy. I think this should actually be titled something like CNN has Trump derangement syndrome and they are unhinged. Trump, Trump basically just said the things he always says. There, I got to be honest, the, the headline should actually be, we're lying to scare people. The president said the same thing he said last month. That's that. I mean, look, he gave a speech. I guess, you know, Cassandra, you liked it. I loved it. I thought it was fun. But it, wasn't it like he, he was just like bringing back a lot of the same talking points? Like yeah, he was, it sounded like usual campaign Trump. Right. And I personally love that, but it wasn't anything outrageous. It wasn't different. It wasn't anything he hasn't said before. Let me um, let me let me read some of this. Donald Trump has no remorse about the deadly violence he incited with his lies about a stolen election and his uprising against the U.S. Congress. Like, wow. Definitively, Donald Trump did this. And it's OK. This much was clear when the ex-president put the Republican Party on notice Sunday that he intends to use his hold on its grassroots to try and suppress the vote heading into the presidential election in 2024. What does that mean? In which he hinted he might run. How is he suppressing the vote? If he doesn't run, no one's going to vote for the Republican. I mean, they, there will be some people voting Republican, but this is just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> they, they go on to mention that he rags in the Supreme Court. And they say, you know, leave, last seen leaving Washington in disgrace. The ex-president self-regarding wander through old political fights emphasized his obsession with revenge. <laughs> At a time when the attention on the majority of the nation, not in his camp, is concentrating on more immediate concerns. The distribu uh, distribution of a third COVID vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we get it. It's just the most bombastic language you could possibly imagine. I just want to point imagine. out one thing. They're saying that most people are focusing on the vaccine. Um, the White House had a press conference at the exact same time as Trump's speech about a new vaccine, and literally nobody watched it. <laughs> Why would you? Nobody watched it. Everybody was watching Trump's speech. Like they're they're so like detached from reality. Even people who hate Trump are addicted to him. Yeah, and so everyone That's, all eyes were on that someone pointed out there was like a meme going around of, of like the white house press briefing or whatever on COVID or something mm -hmm. i don't even know what it was because i didn't know what was happening and yeah. it's, it, it, it didn't even break a million views and then trump's speech had like 3.5 3. yeah no like 3.5 million oh, really? views yeah, yeah, yeah in, like, in like an hour trump had a million people watching at one time Whoa. it was like nine hundred thousand people were watching him give a speech oh. some ridiculous number yeah dude so, so check this out. Let me, let me, let me pull up the, uh, the unhinged. Oh, just, I'm just going to read the headline. 
Vox.com writes, the Republican revolt against democracy explained in 13 charts. The Trump years revealed a dark truth. The Republican Party is no longer committed to democracy. These charts tell the story. You know, when we get media like CNN saying this crazy stuff, there's no effort at all to try and like calm people down, calm down. He's just speaking at a Republican convention. He's just smack talking. It's, it's, it's political rhetoric. Just chill out. No, they're like, this is the end. He is unleashing a new threat and Republicans have, have abandoned democracy. Like, do they want fighting and violence? Yes. It's yeah. good for ratings. Yeah, Great. So, yeah. Their clicks have to be way down right now. There's yeah, like seriously. no boogeyman. They're, yeah. CNN's ratings went down 40% the week after Joe Biden came in office. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. So they're bleeding money. I, I, I guess Jim Acosta got replaced. Jeff Zucker's planning on leaving like CNN's. So yeah, they're definitely like, mm, what all, do we do? All I keep thinking is this is the kind of stuff that I would like to see written about a president that authorized the bombing of Syria huh. and blaming an Iraqi militia that may or may not have, or better not, was it Iraqi, Iranian militia? Yeah. Like, like the New York Times was like Iranian backed militias. And then in the article, we don't know if that's true. <laughs> actually. You want to talk about a threat to democracy like that? That should be what the focus of this vitriol is. But instead, it's it's Trump's, you know, it's bombing with diversity, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, so then you can go to sleep. It's like all these Democrats tweeting like, isn't it great having military action under Biden? We can all rest easy. Why? What's the difference? A bombing's a bombing. This they is what turned me off of the left originally. Um, I was protesting more under Bush. I was a leftist until six years ago. Um, I protested like crazy um, during Bush. And then under Obama, everybody disappeared except mm. for like a few code pink people and stuff. Everybody was like went back to sleep didn't care and i was watching and he was droning everyone and i was like hey guys are we still anti-war what's going on you're not a racist are you I, you wouldn't criticize I, obama <laughs> yeah, i i uh don't want to bomb little brown kids in foreign nations there you go. Like, i'm a i'm a monster no see that's colorism <laughs> because obama is actually more brown mm -hmm. it's not racist when he bombs them because they have color like they have they have white privilege that makes sense. colorism is a thing they've, they've started <laughs> yeah, talking tracking. about what is it oh, gosh. like the, the lighter your skin apparently you get like certain privileges i guess mm -hmm. so it's like i guess the idea was that when they had when they started talking about white privilege the problem was that asians typically have like higher incomes oh, and yeah. education so they're like well i mean it's well if you're closer to white then you have privilege too so that 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 explains it yeah. it doesn't sure, but you know sure, sure, sure. well yeah. let, let me pull up these charts because this is <laughs> this is crazy stuff look at it. so vox.com first today's republicans really hate democrats and democracy one trump supporters have embraced anti-democratic ideas that uh, this is not true it's just false framing but let me show you what they say maga supporters who support trump's election fraud claims Nearly 100 percent wow. of Trump supporters support his claims on fraud. Distrust the election results. Same percentage. Nearly 100 percent. Believe voting shouldn't be easier. About 90 percent. Uh, distrust 2020 congressional election results. About 80 percent. Want a third term for Trump. Only about 70 percent want a third term for Trump. But I'll tell you, it, not trusting the election system does not mean you oppose democracy or democratic ideas. It means you think one thing was wrong. Well, when I was on the left, we didn't trust the election results either. I mean, they rigged it against Bernie. I still believe that. Um, I never believed election results. I remember even under like Bush, I was like, there's no way this guy got a second term. I don't trust this. Like I've never I've always thought elections were rigged. 
And I always think of the Mark Twain quote where he's like, if, you know, voting actually mattered, they wouldn't let you do it. It would be illegal. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I've always thought that. I, I, I love <laughs> how. Just... So when that when that shadow campaign article came out from Time magazine, mm-hmm. I posted something like, you know, they they said they started this campaign against uh, to, to, uh, not not against anybody. They started a campaign to fortify the election in fall of 2019. And I'm like, so these high profile Democrats started colluding, conspiring, as per Time magazine's own words, in fall during the Democratic primaries. And you do you not realize that was like against Bernie, too? Yeah. The funny thing is, I'll point that out. And then I get a a wave of these lefties on Twitter saying things like, uh, you know, the far right is only pretending to support Bernie Sanders or whatever. And I'm like, I'm supporting I'm I'm pointing out that you're getting ripped off. Nobody Why would voted for Bernie or for uh, Biden and Kamala in the primaries. Yeah. Well, like, at first, until the 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 you know Buttigieg and whoever else right. all dropped out at the exact same time. And the smear campaigns against Tulsi and mm-hmm. Bernie and I mean, it, I didn't see any like Biden stickers anywhere. I saw Bernie stuff everywhere. I saw Tulsi stuff, and they just went full force fortifying it. <laughs> you know, for yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their chosen fortifying. people. Um, check, check this out. Say, say number two, Republicans are embracing violence. Now, this one's actually interesting. They asked a question. This is from American Perspe- uh, Perspective Survey, January 2021. If elected leaders won't protect America, the people must act, even if that means violence. 39% of Republicans agree. 17% of Democrats agree. The interesting thing is, I bet if you were to add progressives to Democrats, because I doubt it's the same thing. You ask like an anti-four Black Lives Matter person, are you a Democrat? They're going to say, no, right. screw the Democrats. So they're not in this poll. Probably, I'm just speculating. I bet it would be like 75%. You add all those people and they're all going to say, oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. It's crazy because Thomas Jefferson said the same thing. I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't think we need to take it there. But what was it? The blood of patriots. The is a, tree wrote, of liberty he, yeah, must yeah. be refreshed with the blood of patriots. Brutal letter. Yeah, it's a lot longer than wild. that. But he has this like one line at the bottom where he says, you know, what does he say? From time to time, the tree of liberty must be, what does he say? Watered. Uh-huh. The blood, yeah. of, the blood patriots of patriots and tyrants. It is its natural manure. Jeez. Yeah. Dude was, was but how he did was a realist. He was Antifa. They said I that- just triggered a whole lot of people. Oh, gosh. <laughs> right. I'm actually offended. <laughs> I love Thomas Jefferson. I do, too. Oh, dude, I, 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 I am yeah. offended. He didn't no, he's, he's amazing. <laughs> they, I, I've got a collection of Thomas Jefferson coins, coins and like a special yeah. little thing. He's a musician. A no, Thomas ring. Jefferson is not anti-fi. I was dude. just joking. <laughs> anti-government violent. Well, he was anti-fascist, I'm sure. That's technically correct. I think. I don't know much about him. Not yeah, but like the problem is Antifa is a brand that has nothing to do with opposing fascism. That's a good point. It's like communists complaining about fascists but they're just as bad because they they're only slightly different Mm -hmm. you know it's like two murderers and one guy's like yeah but i use a gun and he uses a (laughs) rifle like i'm interested about this this poll that you that you talked about where 37 percent of republicans how many people did they poll who are they polling what they didn't say the question was america must be protected even with violence is that what they said if elected leaders won't protect america the people must act even if that means violence what I don't see that question should be a hundred percent of people agreeing. Yeah. Um, if you're not going to protect America, then yeah, of course the Americans you, you, like that. Well, you see how they're framing it though. Yeah, that's what if I'm saying. If leaders won't odd. protect America, what is that? If like China lands on the shores of right. San Diego, Biden, we like, just say, oh, they're not doing anything. I might as well just go and run. I mean, no, I don't would- think that means like that they want to go do violence. You know, 
for political it's reasons defensive. necessarily. Like that question is, would you protect America? And everybody should say yes to that. I think yeah. that they worded that a little bit. Um, it's weird. It's a gotcha. Yeah. A little yeah. Bit. Let me let me let me let me read what they write. They say the ultimate expression of anti-democratic politics is resorting to violence. More than twice as many Republicans as Democrats, nearly two in five Republicans, said in a January poll that force could be justified against their opponents. So I guess it's a, against their opponents. It would be easy to dismiss this kind of finding as meaningless were it not for the January 6th attack on Capitol Hill. I'm sorry. These people <sighs> are so duplicitous. Yeah. We had a year of riots from Antifa. We had 19 dead people plus peripheral, you know, I think it's another 12 or 13 in the periphery that were killed during these riots and stuff yeah. like that. We had in the Chaz, the armed guards unloading for 10 minutes, hundreds of rounds into an SUV, killing two teenagers. And they never talk about it because they are duplicitous, duplicitous, manipulative liars. Antifa attacked a federal building two nights ago in Portland. Wow. Yep. Shh. Nobody talks about that. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Um, they attacked, what was it, the U.S. Customs Building, I believe. They started vandalizing it, spray painting it. Uh, people in, in Portland actually were going out in the streets and yelling at them. It was pretty interesting. Really? Yeah. But nobody talked about it. That was an attack on a federal building. That's horrible. But it happened at night. So it's oh. not that okay. <laughs> I forgot right. about that. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I think Portland, I, I totally support Antifa in Portland. Yeah, 100%. You know why? They deserve it. Well, they voted for it. Yeah, but here's the problem. Those people are going to destroy that city. They're going to get scared because it's going to get violent. It's going to get unsafe. And then they're going to flee to the red areas that are safe. And then they're going to vote for the same crap yeah. that got them into that mess. Yep. So they're fleeing to Texas. They're going to destroy Texas. They're, you know, the, the problem is that once they destroy it, they're going to come and destroy our places too. If they had just stayed there and we had a big wall around it and we were like, do your thing, I'd be like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. wipe each <laughs> other out. I don't care. Yeah. But that's not what's going to happen. They're going to flee and they're going to flee to red areas because they're safe. And then they're going to vote for the same policies that got them into the mess in Portland. And you're saying yeah. they voted for the governor that is willing to tolerate the street violence? Well, all of their officials, their local officials, city council city, members. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Those people are crazy. And then you see them fleeing to Texas and you, you know, they're all fleeing to red areas because those are the safe ones. And it's mm -hmm. like, are you guys thinking about why those are the safe areas? They never do. Ooh, ooh, is it guns? It might be guns. It yes. might be guns. <laughs> might be. Yeah, there's there's a ton of videos from when Antifa tried going into like some red areas and they just got stomped. An armed society <laughs> is a polite society. Yeah. Correct. I think yeah. they're saying in LA they wouldn't go down on the Crenshaw Boulevard. Like, oh, they down. know where they can't go. There's where area. the people have guns. Yeah, right. That's really it. So even if it's in a city that banned guns, they won't go anywhere near that stuff. Yeah. But the the way I see it with Portland is all of these people voted for it and now I'm supposed to feel bad for them. I I hear what you're saying. We'll have to be prepared for that when they start, you know, trying to come in. And there was a funny thing. I, I was I was at a gun shop and this guy was telling me, he's like, oh, yeah, all the liberals are starting to move into the red areas. We can tell because they'll be complaining about like my neighbor's trash or something or yeah. like the, the the neighbor, you know, puts something on their lawn and we all look at them like, so? My local Facebook group, there was a thread with like hundreds of people involved and they're all like, we need to start telling people from Massachusetts and New York and D.C. how bad it is here and yes. how we have monsters and our frogs bite <laughs> and we play banjo all night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really funny well, and everybody yeah. was just like, you know, we would normally would want, pe want people to move here. We want to be inclusive. We're nice people, but they're going to yeah. ruin our, our community. Yeah, <laughs> so let's keep them out. out. What if you couldn't vote? 
in an area that you moved to for like three years or something. I say this all the time on Twitter and people attack me and say that I'm anti-democracy. But I, I honestly believe that you shouldn't be able to run for office, especially if you haven't lived somewhere for a while. And I, I think that you should have less say in local politics if you just moved in. I agree. I, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, I that mean, people who have established roots should have a little bit more say on like local politics. Think about like Mitt Romney bouncing around the country because he's rich. He owns yeah. property in a bunch of different places. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to run for office as a, you know, for, for the, you know, Senate in Utah. Yeah. Just because I, I'll sign a piece of paper saying I live here now. It goes even in local politics. You have people who are who don't even live in the community running for the school board and stuff. We have people running school boards in red areas that are from blue areas and have completely different politics in the local community. And it's not well, not right. The problem with the system is that the changes you need to secure the system take longer than the exploits to destroy them. Right. So you'll get someone from a blue area thinking, I'm going to go and teach all these redneck kids how to be, you know, anti-racist. And the parents don't realize these people are coming in. Right. And then by the time they're like, we got to change this. It's like, congratulations. In five years, you might actually change the system. And by then your kids are going to be 17 and they're going to be totally indoctrinated with this stuff. Yep. There you go. So here's another interesting one from the Vox article. They say Republicans see Democrats as something worse than mere rivals. Republicans who consider Democrats as enemies, 57 percent political opposition, 43 percent. And Democrats who consider Republicans as enemies is 41 percent and political opposition, 59 percent. I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it either. That flies in the face of the Echelon Insights What's where that? they asked it was it was a, it's a company. They asked Democrats what they're, you know, how, how concerned they are with various things. The m most threatening thing to the Democrats was Trump supporters. The second biggest concern, I should say biggest concern, white nationalism, <laughs> white supremacy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. For the Republicans, it was like illegal immigration and taxation. Mm -hmm. So for them to come out with this poll, I, qu I question the way they're phrasing, you know, yeah. these questions. Like the other one about protecting America. Would you protect America with violence? I'm surprised every Republican didn't say, of course. Yeah, I'm surprised Democrats didn't say yes, too. Yeah, I I mean, I, no, you no. should protect your I'm not. You have to protect your home. I'm not surprised. And they're not <laughs> saying, like, protect oh, it from other Americans. The question's just, would you protect your home? Of course you would protect your home. But it's that question's insane to me. Right. It's no like brainer. they're they're assuming that the the threat to America that the government's not stopping is like a vote, a voter fraud case or something. And like that they yeah, need to they're use thinking violence. Small. But if you're talking about actual invasion and the in a lap presidential ineptitude, then the answer is yes, 100 percent of the time or your yeah. country's Which taken over. Which is in over. our Constitution. Like right. that's that's Amer an American value. Like <laughs> I look. If we remain on this path with this being the ideology that if you say something like that, you're considered far right or bad, well, then this country is going to fall apart. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Violence like, is a weird conversation, you know, especially, no, just in general. I mean, you do it, of course, online, of course, in public, because you got to be careful about how you phrase violence and frame violence and talking about violence. But like it, it was the, the crux of our country's formation. We had to violently overthrow our, our political rivals, our, the, the British monarch and over like 20 years, it wasn't people don't realize this, that it took like 20 years. Slow moving. Yeah. Yeah. There were a bunch of things that happened like the, the, what was it? The Boston massacre. Is that what I was, mm -hmm. am I thinking of the right one? Yeah. That, that wasn't like these things happened years apart from each other. So we, we view this history as entirely condensed because it's like the key talking points. But imagine like when we look back on history in a hundred years or 50 years, they're going to mention everything that happened in the past four years in rapid succession and people will think it like happened one after another when it was like the battle for Berkeley happened. What was that now? Two and a half years ago or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that was a, yeah, that was a wow. while ago. At yep. least two and a half years ago. Yeah, it was like it was. I, th- I think it was like <clears throat> March of twenty. No, it was almost. Wasn't it? It's like March or April of twenty eighteen. Was it twenty seventeen? I don't remember. I looked twenty seventeen. No, no. Oh yeah, I think it was it, a long time. Ago. That was twenty seventeen. Wow. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. Yeah, because like after I got back from Sweden. Yeah. Wow. What was that? Uh, it's when this huge battle happened between Antifa and like right wing groups in 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 Berkeley, and we saw the based stick man. He he's like a, a finally twenty seventeen. Yeah. Wow. Holy man. moly. So this was the uh, the rise of the based stick man. They called him, mm-hmm. and it was like all these conservatives were getting just absolutely clobbered for a year or two without fighting back, and then one day. They do this rally. Everybody gets beat up. And then I think it was the second time this dude shows up with uh, with goggles, a mask, a helmet, a shield, and a giant stick. I think it was a closet dowel, you know, like for hanging yeah. your clothes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he cracked it over this antifa. It was a woman, wasn't it? I, I'm he, like, not sure. He remember, cracked yeah. it and it shattered over while. someone's head. And they're like, Ugh! Oh. But it's like, I watched this stuff go on for years. In in San Jose, I watched that guy get smacked in the back of the head with some kind of bag. I said it was a bag of rocks. Mm-hmm. And he's just a regular guy. He was walking down the street and, the and he was like, yeah, the Trump. Over and then an election what, what just happened? God is speaking to us through the internet. No, some site <laughs> just auto-loaded. So. <laughs> anyway, so I saw this guy and he's got a sign and he's yelling, Trump, Trump, Trump. Some dude runs up behind him and, sma- and has a bag and whacks him with it. And then he's sitting there covered in blood, like confused as to what happened. That was, I think, I think that was in 2015. I'm not sure. It might have been 2016. I'm not sure. It's all, it's it's all blurs together. Yeah. I can't believe how long it's been. Yeah. And so, so, so we see the battle for Berkeley. It's like finally some right, right wing individual started saying enough and fighting back. And then all of a sudden, I remember I was there and I saw Proud Boys there, like three Proud Boys. And I was like, what are the Proud Boys doing here? What is this? Who are these guys? Like, why are they here? Why are they fighting? And get, look, they're getting arrested now. What's going on? Now was when things started to really, really heat up. And that was years ago. So it's it's crazy, isn't it? Imagine like 50 years, there'll be like the second American Civil War. And then there'll be like in 2017, the fight broke out in Berkeley, California. In 2020, Donald Trump did this. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was three years later. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's the other thing, too, that's kind of driving me crazy. It's just like, how, how, how long is it going to keep going on for? It's getting boring. I don't know. It seems like it started with the housing crisis. I'm trying to just be more like observant from the outside it seems like it started with the housing crisis is when it really started to get crazy and then the drone strikes and everything like like obviously the september 11th was when the everyone went on high alert patriot act you, everyone you, was thinking terrorists are all around me oh my gosh and that kind of heightened the fear and then but the the housing crisis probably probably angered a lot of people and then obama bailed out those yeah. those mega corps mm, inequality yep. occupy wall street and then at Occupy Wall Street, you had this bipartisan rage at the system. And then all of a sudden, the leftists came in with critical race theory and, so, you know, woke activism. And then it just made the conservatives leave. And then, honestly, you also had people like Hannity fanning the flames. Like, his, mm-hmm. whole, his whole thing was ragging on the left. It, this was the most annoying thing to me about Occupy Wall Street, was that I knew a dude who went on Hannity's show. And Hannity started just criticizing and ripping, you know, going after him. And he just argued back and they fought. And I'm like, why, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you be like, Sean, you are correct. The people who are doing awful things down there are bad. What do we do? We don't want them here. This is a bad thing for us. We want to fight against the big banks that are ripping people off and the bailouts and all that system. What What would you advise us on? Instead, it was adversarial, like you're our enemy and we don't like you because you're Fox News. And that was a big component of it. Like uh, there's another guy who got a ton of uh, attention because he was interviewed by Griff Jenkins of Fox News. That's his name, right? Griff Jenkins? I don't know him. I don't right. know this name. Am I getting Griff's name wrong? Maybe. Anyway, and uh, Fox other than Tucker. <laughs> they didn't use the they didn't use the interview, 
And so someone else recorded the interview. I think it was from um, the, the Village Voice. I'm not sure. And it went viral because he was like, Fox News only does this, that, and this, and you won't tell what the people are actually doing. And it was kind of true. And then all that really created out of it was by like, uh, like mutual combat between tribes, whereas it was originally a populist uprising with conservatives, libertarians, Ron Paul types, leftists. Within a week, it devolved completely into leftist critical race theory, and then it just fell apart. That was kind of the cool thing about game stonks is <laughs> it was the right and the left. And nobody was talking about politics, and it was a nice moment. Everybody's like, let's just screw over these hedge funds. Yeah, I could, I could totally see that. And I could see the reflection of uh, Occupy Wall Street in that because I, people were like together. Like they yeah. really want to stick it to the I man. Like, That's if all Occupy they had done this, it would yeah, have been exactly. way better. But have, it's hard to keep together. Have like you been that. following that story? Like, does it look like that's going to continue? Um, well, GameStop has GameStop stock has <laughs> gone <laughs> has gone way up again. I think it was at like 113 again yesterday. It's at 120 right now. Yeah. What? So I had held on to mine, my diamond hands. Heck yeah. <laughs> and I was like way down. And then I noticed it was going back up the other day and I was like, yes. Oh, All right. <laughs> yeah, I saw you talking about it being down. Yeah. 120. That's great. Yeah. So they're still fighting. I mean but I mean, aren't so for those that aren't familiar with the story, it's like the hedge funds were shorting GameStop. Everybody bought in to basically strip a ton of money from these hedge funds who would be forced to buy ridiculous amounts. But are they still? Like, it's been like uh, a month now. Isn't I it? mean, I haven't really been following it still, but I, I do have GameStop stock. So I've been following it a little bit. Um, the guy who originally had bought into the GameStop stocks which i can't say if my can't life depended it. on it i just call it game stonks because it's easier now that's awesome but uh the guy who had originally bought in i guess he bought more like a week ago yeah he doubled and his so, position yeah the deep effing value or the kitty yeah. guy or whatever roaring kitty yeah and so um other people i guess started buying in and it went back up it, it went up to like 150 at one point and then Jeez. i think yeah. i think yeah yeah the peak well hold on this is well today today it was 130 yeah. Wow. Dang. If we're going to seize control, it's going to be with, through the economy, not through the politics. Yeah. I've yeah, been like, buying all it. kinds of stock now. I had no, I had never bought stock, never paid attention to the stock market. And then I was like, I support this. I am jumping in. Yes. I'm buying some game stonks. <laughs> and so now all of a sudden I own like a million different kinds and oh. I'm all into it. It's, it's, it's what, great. What do you use to get your stock? Um, well, I was using Robin Hood, but then they kept limiting. Mm. And so right now I'm using a few different apps, but I admittedly still have Robin Hood because it's easy, but I don't recommend them. I am not a fan. Um, but it, yeah, I've been what, buying what like this? Six Flags and Disney. Oh, and like, fun. Yeah. AMC. Yeah. The 52 nice. week high is 483 for GameStop. Wow. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Someone bought in when it was at $18 in January. And then they sold out when it hit 400 yeah. wow. millionaires overnight. I think the economy is going to collapse, to be completely honest, because right now you have a meme economy. We don't have a communist mm. command economy. We don't have a socialist economy. It's barely a mixed economy at this point because of the meme memeism. It's not laissez-faire capitalism. I guess technically, it, I guess you can call it that. It's a meme economy where people make money for, from getting attention on Twitter. They post something really dumb. They make something out of context. They'll insult somebody. Try and get that meme to go viral and then attach to it. PayPal me. Mm -hmm. But then you have Dogecoin. Literally. Just people throwing money into a meme. Some people buy it. They sell. They made a ton of money. And then with GameStop, 
People are buying this stock like crazy for what reason? It's a meme. Yeah. It's a meme stock. And the, the crazy thing is like people are becoming millionaires overnight. It was at like 40 bucks. It fell down from, you know, 400 or whatever. And then someone was like, you know, you have to keep buying in. And then the dude, uh, the dude, one of the shareholders of GameStop posted an image of a ice cream cone from McDonald's. And then everyone went nuts speculating <laughs> as to what the ice cream cone meant. And then they all started buying up more stock like crazy, wow. rallying the price back up. It's wow. people. What is going on? I, I want, right, yes. <laughs> I someone, <laughs> someone became a millionaire. Hypothetically, I'm assuming it happened. I think there were a few. But I mean, like, imagine this. You're sitting there with, like, your eyes half closed, just glazed over, and you're like, yeah, just put in a, you know, couple hundred thousand dollars into GameStop and then enter. And then all of a sudden, you hear a ding, and you look, and it's an ice cream cone on the screen, you go, oh, and then you look at your account, it's like a million dollars. Like, all because some guy posted an ice cream cone. It's crazy. The Elon Musk Dogecoin meme where he was holding up, what was it, Kanye, who was holding up someone else? <laughs> Gene Simmons, yeah, something like that. So I can't imagine an economy can function that way. Like, if you think about how the economy actually works with, like, I, I, we talked about this before. I can't remember who we had on the show. We were talking about this. I mentioned, how does banking work? Like, when, 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 when you spend money from one bank to another, they don't physically give money to anybody. And then someone commented, it's just a ledger. Like, literally, they just write down, he had 500, now he has zero. And the other guy says five, zero and then 500. And that's just it. Literally, they type in a number in a computer, press enter, and then the money's there. So you think about how, how, how absurd that is. They can easily just type into a keyboard, you know, type on a keyboard, press enter, and then boom, make trillions of dollars. That's bad enough. The Federal Reserve and all that stuff. Add in all the money they're printing over COVID. Add in the petrodollar and, and just the general market instability with conflict, let alone the COVID crisis. And then add in the system is supposed to be if you do work that provides value to the system. You get value back to buy things and, you know, do stuff. <clears throat> now people just get money from nonsense. Yeah. Like, like, like I mentioned, I think the craziest thing is that people go on Twitter and they'll say like, Ian is super lame. Enter. And then they'll wait for some retweets and then add to it. Dude, if you really like me ragging on Ian, then PayPal me huh. and I'll make fun of him more. And there are literally accounts dedicated just making fun of people. So <laughs> stupid. Imagine getting rich from that. I guess entertainment's interesting with mass media. The ability to like make a video and then it go viral and you can make a million dollars in ad revenue is relatively new. I mean, you, back in the day, 600 years ago, if you were a musician, you'd basically work for, for your dinner. You know, you'd, you'd travel around and hopefully someone would pay you to stay at the yeah. at their inn for the night. And that was your life. But then mass media allowed you to make become rich as an entertainer. Replicating that music and then selling one record a million times. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, instead of performing one time, you perform a million times at once and you're rich. Yeah, now, and that's what this tweet, this tweet PayPal stuff is too. You know, a million people see that one tweet. I just figured it out. I'm going to start an organization that issues golden Twitter birds. I don't know, like gold, platinum, and what, what, what is it? Silver? Silver? Yeah. No, there's no silver records either. Silver, either. gold, and palladium. No, like, oh, yeah. so, you know, you get like a gold record platinum. or a platinum, Diamond, double, yeah. double, a double, double platinum, platinum Twitter. Yeah. So when your tweet goes <laughs> extra viral, and then you, you'll get a little platinum bird and everyone can know that's what you're famous for. Uh, Could you imagine? The future depressing. is is depressing. Well, in addition to all the things you're saying about the people being able just to type ledgers, you know, the, the petrodollar, the inflation, the M1 money supply, there's, there's crypto, which is now also completely disrupting the global monetary <laughs> system. And I'm, I mean, I don't know. Are you deep in crypto right now? Um, not really. I have some Bitcoin. I have some Doge, but I'm not. <laughs> 
Super. Some doge. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm starting to get a scary feeling that, that the people in, in control, if there's any such thing, hmm. are just going to crash the whole thing and then become super rich on the crypto that they bought. I mean, that's kind of how it's always gone to an extent. But I wonder if, you know, when, when it comes to crypto trading, you've got people who are making money day trading cryptocurrencies because they're not stable, becoming rich off of just like, it's, it's kind of busted. Yeah. You know? And then they'll build an AI that does it for them. Yeah, they do. They already have that. They've been, there have been programs for a long time where you can just, this is crazy. There was a program. I can't remember what it was, but you'd tell it, make me money. And then it would be like, okay. And it just like would start trading crypto. It was, it was something having to do. So we talked about this before where like some, some crypto was worth one Satoshi, the lowest position of a, the, the, the lowest uh, decimal point for a, a Bitcoin. So it could literally only double in value. It was worth one. It could be worth two. That's it. It doesn't get any smaller than that. So you buy a thousand and then it, as soon as it hits two, you sell them all and you doubled your money. And so there's programs that would just find the out of the, you know, hundreds of garbage coins and just buy all of the ones that are sitting at one. And then as soon as they jumped, it would sell. Boom. And then it would wait for it to go back down and then buy again. It's just somebody's losing money on that. Did you? What? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Somebody's well, somebody's Who's buying in at two it, and then it's going. Yeah. But then like, maybe they sell at three. Did you know, you know how much money these women make on OnlyFans? No. How much? There was one woman who posted over $100,000 per month. Jeez. Yeah. OnlyFans. And so it was like, there's a thread. I tweeted about it. One woman said something like, why would you use OnlyFans? Like when I'm there at the club, the dude hands me the money and then I've got it right there. I'm not going to pay a fee to some app. And then some woman posted... After like something like this monthly in- income and y'all thinking I'm going back to the club and it showed the breakdown of all the revenue and it was like $108,000 in one month and she paid like a $20,000 premium to OnlyFans. So yeah. now now Twitter's announcing they're going to do super huh. subscribers. Oh, how's that work? You uh, pay. You, it's <laughs> I'm going to put right? all my yeah. offensive tweets behind <laughs> the paywall so like the that. liberal journalists oh, who come after yeah, me have right. to pay, pay me. Dude, yes. Definitely. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I was. I'm gonna put most of my stuff behind the paywall because I don't want the trolls. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, when I say things that you know piss people off, it's like, well, you got to pay to get pissed off. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting how the yeah. super super. It, it might actually fix Twitter. It might because now these people, what they like to do is they like to go to my or you know Cassandra's Twitter feed or just any other high profile person, screen grab it, and then instead of quote tweeting it, screen grab it so they can rag on you and generate hate. And then what they'll do is they'll take like a, a screenshot of a tweet from Cassandra. Then they'll tweet, imagine being this dumb. What a far right loony. And then all of these leftists will be like, haha, so dumb, so dumb. And then the original person will add, don't forget to PayPal me or subscribe to my Patreon Ugh. and try and monetize it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's two possibilities or not necessarily two possibilities, but there's two things that are going to happen. People like that are not necessarily, but may paywall that content because you'll want to see what crazy Cassandra said. You know, but can you believe she said this? And then it says, pay $5 to see this image. And it's Cassandra's tweet. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Yeah. So maybe, though, if Cassandra puts the, the tweets behind a paywall, they're not going to get it because they're not going to pay for it. So if the too. troll won't pay the five bucks for the post, they don't got a post to, to, to share. <laughs> That's a to real make, troll toll. Mm, a troll I toll. <laughs> I love it. I'm into it. Yeah. I like it, yeah. If you want to get into this boy's soul, you got to pay the troll toll. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you guys know that reference? No. What is that? It's from It's Always Sunny. <clears throat> they were doing the uh, the play. Oh yeah, that yeah, Charlie, yeah. The play. Charlie wrote. Oh my god. And gosh. the demon, 
Danny DeVito was supposed to say boys soul, <laughs> but he kept saying boys all. Boys hole. Oh, if no. you want to get into this boys hole, you got to pay the troll toll. And he's like, no, what? <laughs> boys soul. That's what I said. Oh, I got to watch this show again. That's a really old episode. Amazing. Really old episode. Love it. Let's talk about the uh, the, the latest uh, uh, social justice outrage, oh, though. Oh, my gosh. My friends, I give you the Wimixen controversy, one of the greatest scandals of this or any generation. And I imagine many of you are just going to turn this, the podcast off. You're like, I this is stupid. I don't care. No, no, hold on. Hold on. Don't leave just yet. <laughs> Twitch. Which is a streaming service many of you are probably familiar with. It's owned by Amazon. It is ultra woke, right? So we had, uh, do you know who Destiny is, Cassandra? Vaguely. He's like a leftist streamer. He did a, he, he streamed on Twitch. He was a partner. And he said Kyle Rittenhouse was clearly self-defense. And uh-huh. he's, and he's a leftist. Right. And he, and, and we had him on the show and he was like, it is the clearest case of self-defense. He's being chased, you right. know? And then someone shoots. They kicked him off the partner program for saying it. Wow. That's how lefty Twitch is. Yeah. So Twitch puts out this tweet. March is Wimixen's history month. I'm not kidding. W-O-M-X-N, Wimixen. Join us in celebrating and supporting all the Wimixen, creating their own worlds, building their communities, and leading the way on Twitch. And then the word Wimixen started trending. And I was actually surprised to find it was actually the woke left that was upset over this. And there's a weird unity forming between like the anti-woke and the woke on this issue. I got to show you this tweet from Count Dankula. He says, imagine being trans and fighting your whole life to be considered a full woman. And they instead change it to Wimixen to point out that you are still trans LMAO. That's a good point. He then said, leftists, stop retweeting this calling me based or calling it a redemption arc when it's an opinion I've held for years. Dankula then says, stop acting like I like trans people. I only like trans people when I'm horny. Dankula is clearly joking. I want to stress. The point is, people are acting like Dankula is saying something new, like defending trans people. But he's actually defended them quite a bit in the past. And he's pointing out this new word, Wimixen, which is like going viral. Twitter Daily Caller is an article. Okay, well, we'll read the Daily Caller. Twitch gets dragged for declaring March Wimixen's History Month. Oh, they're not going to let me read it? No, they will, yeah. Oh, okay. Wimixen. So this this is a funny thing that happened uh, a while ago where some, like, British organization said, you know, Wimixen's rights or something. And then it created this huge fight between the left and the left, because the left hates the left, I guess, uh-huh. where they were like... The word Wimixen is exclusive. It removes trans women because if trans women are women, you only need to say women, right? That was my first reaction when I saw the video. I was like, how is the left doing this? Isn't the whole point to not other these people? Like now they're completely othering them. I yep. saw it and I was just like, if I was a trans person, I, I feel like I'd, I'd be annoyed. offended yeah. by this. And then they actually were. So at least good on them for so someone 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 emailed me. They said that the X means trans, and so that's why they do folks with an X, and they do Wimics in. Oh, really? Because they're adding an X to everything. Hmm. Yeah, I think I had not cl- heard that. that well, that's what someone said. I, I guess it kind of makes sense. And that's oh yeah, like cross crossing over. Interesting. I guess. What about trans men? Are they mixin? Mxn? Oh, yeah, yeah, Has that been know. a thing yet? I don't know. It's coming. Yeah, I'm sure it is. You just did it. There you go. Congratulations. Yeah. Ian, you're a bigot. I have mixed feelings about trans the whole thing because I support people. I love people. I want mm-hmm. people to be happy. But when, especially in sports, like <clears throat> when you see a trans woman who was a man that transitioned into a woman, a, that is a male who transitioned a, into a, a male, woman. Who, yeah, just dominate other women in a sport. 
that it's 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 disturbing i to me personally I, I get disturbed because they're much taller a lot of times their bone mass is larger um you'll see like these pictures of like this large trans woman just like muscling out these young these smaller you know women and um well, so it, people it, have it, said maybe we should have a trans sports and Yes. Non-trans sports. I think that's smart. Well, then that's the problem. The same problem of Wimixon is you're creating a new category to separate people out. This is an impossible conversation. You know, it's like no matter what side you take, the left gets mad at you. No matter what. Like there was one prominent uh, trans woman creator who got canceled for claiming there were only two genders. And then it, result, it resulted in this huge Gen Z versus millennial fight over what it means to be trans. Because I think as you can clearly see with like Twitch's Wimixon. It's not the first time they use this word, like some corporations use this word. Everybody gets mad. There was a really funny uh, Venn diagram I saw earlier. It's a meme. And it's got like conservatives, liberals, and leftists. And then it says like, it says like conservatives and leftists like guns, but you know, liberals and conservatives like capitalism. And then liberals and leftists hate Trump. And then for leftist and uh, the, the one thing that all of them were united by was when they all overlapped, it said, hates leftists. So like, <laughs> even even the leftists yeah. hate leftists. They do. They absolutely yeah. do. Yeah. So I, I, it's a, it, why would you want to be in that space? I have no idea. Ooh, that's a rough one. That, it's almost like a self-hatred. I don't know where it comes from exactly. Well, because I think there's conservative, conservatives and liberals who are tribal and don't like each other. But I think leftists tend to be, not always, there's some, I'll, I'll, I'll differentiate the progressives from the, the tribal leftists. There are a lot of progressives who are, who are, who are great. You know, people like uh, Kyle Kalinske and Crystal Ball are, are good people. And then you have these weird leftists who will just say whatever it is to oppose anyone who's not a leftist. So they end up supporting really weird, nonsensical things like 25,000 armed National Guard in D.C. with razor wire fences. Like, why would, it, why would an anti-fascist support this? Because <laughs> they're not really. But they do hate themselves. That's why Obama called it a circular firing squad. The, 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 the transports thing is a, a difficult conversation, I suppose, mostly because I'll tell you this. I just I recently had a conversation with someone and like I'm, I'm, I'm actually not in, a, in agreement with most of the conservatives on this stuff. Like when it comes to uh, pronouns and things like that, I tend to lean left on a lot of this stuff. But I was talking to someone and I said with the Equality Act, which you guys know, the Equality Act passed yeah. in the House. No, so it's where they're going to add nice. gender identity to the 1964 Civil Rights Act. So my question was, how do you protect biological sex as a, as a protected class and gender identity at the same time? You can't. So, but why, why do you think so? Because you're taking <clears throat> away women's spaces and... Female spaces. Yeah. And it's just, I personally don't see how it can coexist at all, especially with sports. Sports is like the big the big thing where it's really noticeable that this these things collide. How are you going to protect little girls who want to get scholarships and these things that they've worked on their whole life when, you know, they're never going to win <laughs> against people who are bigger than them, have more testosterone than them? Um, I just... So there, there was... Uh, uh, there is an interesting point someone brought up when I, when I, was, when I was arguing with someone about this. I shouldn't say, say arguing. I'm having a conversation because I wasn't really arguing with anybody. They said, what about somebody who's never gone through male puberty? And they're, they've always been either on puberty blockers or on estrogen. So they're... I mean, I fully oppose putting on children on puberty blockers. I mean, like hardcore fully oppose this. But I guess in that case, it might be a little bit different. I know that they're doing testosterone <clears throat> tests for uh, at least professional sports. 
So stuff like that helps. But you see, like, I think it was this, like, mediocre male runner beat the yes. fastest woman in the world. Yeah. And it's just like, how well, are so high school girls I, supposed I, I, to compete now? I had a really interesting conversation when I posted on, I have, I have a bunch of lefty friends, and I posted on their Facebook, how do you protect se- biological sex and gender identity at the same time? And here, here, what I said was, imagine this. And I, I used the, the showers example as, it's, an, it's, it's the easiest example, to be completely honest. It, it is an easy argument because showers are fairly visceral, like we want privacy in our showers. So there's, there's basically a court precedent that says, you are allowed to discriminate so long as an equal space is provided for the other sex. So when there was a, there was a lawsuit in California at some university over women's programs, the judge ruled, no, they're allowed women's programs, women's scholarships, because they have identical men's scholarships. That's a really interesting court precedent because that would you'd be able to be like, OK, what about segregation? Well, this week there was another um, court case. Miss USA just won. Um, they were sued by a trans woman who does beauty pageants. And they because they refused to accept anyone who wasn't a biological woman and they just won. And the court said that it was because of freedom of association. And then the lawyers for Miss USA came out and they were like, you can have a trans beauty pageant or, you know, whatever you want to do. But this is for biological women. And we created a space to showcase biological women. Yeah. And so, you know, there is another court case now that's also setting a precedent, I guess. That one? Yeah. Well, so so here was the point I was making. If. If you say that it is unfair for biological women to be in the men's space because men are biologically different, the army just did a new training program because men and women are different. If you say that, you know, th- then you've got a Title IX violation. I guess what originally happened was there was no women's sports and then a bunch of women sued saying there should be a women's only division because it's not fair. So then we, we got women's sports. So now they're saying, OK, it's not discriminatory because... There's a men's division and a women's division. There were a bunch of sports back in the 50s where they would not let women run. There was like a marathon and women weren't allowed to be in it. Today, there is no rule in major league sports barring women from competing. And so I'm talking, this is really interesting. So let me wrap up the first point and then we'll get into this one. I was saying, if you have two, a, a, a female and a male locker room, showers, and then you decide that somebody who's biologically male can now use the female side because of identity, you've essentially taken away a safe space for one marginalized community for another marginalized community because you believe one community is more marginalized than the other, but you mm-hmm. can't quantify that. There's no there's no number where you can be like, it's a seven on the impression scale and a six on the oppression scale. So you're basically just saying the law says based on sex and identity, but then you you quite literally have people arguing about which one is more oppressed and more deserving of that space. Or not deserving of that space. So in the end, what ends up happening is, I talked about this a long time ago. I got a lot of heat for it. You don't end up with a men, a male men's locker room and a women's locker room, and you know trans people using whichever one they want. In the UK, what ended up happening was they just started building unisex showers, and then due to general proximity having nothing to do with trans people, mind you, biological males started assaulting biological females. It wasn't like they just started doing it. It was because proximity breeds opportunity, I suppose. And there was a study that came out. It was in the, I think it was in the Telegraph or the Sun, I think it was a Sunday Times, I'm not sure, British paper saying they saw a huge spike in men, males assaulting females because now these showers and changing rooms were in the same place and skeezy, awful dudes had an opportunity now to do it. And so they did. So the question then is, how do you protect both at the same time if they're both in it? 
in the in the Civil Rights Act? I don't know. Some people have pointed out that we'll just have a functioning society where people know what the social rules are. You know, like we don't violate social norms, so people will just get along. But a really funny thing happened. I pointed out that showers are an easy example. But what about the WNBA, right? If if if, if you can't discriminate on the basis of sex or identity, couldn't someone go to the WNBA and say, I should be allowed as a biological male to compete in this? And then the response was, how come you, you already can't discriminate on the basis of sex? So how come no one has done that? It's a good point. No guy is actually apparently, I mean, maybe I'm not, maybe this is wrong, tried to get in. There was a guy who sued Hooters because they wouldn't hire him. And then a court ruled, give him the job. And then he's like, no, nah, I, I, I don't want, I don't want the <laughs> job. Something interesting happened. I pointed out. That major league sports don't actually discriminate on the basis of sex. NBA, NFL, MLB, women are allowed to play. They never have. There's no rule. There's no rule. And so I was told repeatedly by these lefties, that's not true. They won't allow women to play. And I said, that's incorrect. And I sent them an article from ESPN about women trying out for the NFL to be kickers. And they had numerous quotes from high high profile uh, coaches and, and, and scouts saying, Women just don't make the cut. And so the response I got from the leftist was, I don't understand. How is that possible? Maybe maybe a social stigma is making the women not play as well. Well, has a woman ever won something like the Boston Marathon? Because that's not maybe general, for, gender segregated. I Probably for women's. Yeah, I don't think that anyone... I can't think of a woman, though, who's won the entire... Like, who's actually been first through the finish yeah, line. Yeah, I don't think so. Men are like four minutes and 30 <clears throat> seconds, I think... Just blow women out of the water relative. Yeah. No, it's like time a forty-five minutes or something. Well, well, so no. So <laughs> oh, I want to. I want to. I want to stress this point. The person arguing with me said, when I told them women are not barred from major league sports, he's like, then why aren't they in on the teams? And then I very simply said, well, uh, exposure to prenatal testosterone results in more fast twitch muscles, which mean men have the ability to use burst energy, like jump higher, sprint faster, and, and burn off energy much more quickly. They tend to have denser bones, double the collagen. They tend to be taller. These are all tendencies, not absolutes. And then he said, the response was, could there be a social stigma preventing the women from actually scoring better? And I was like, is that, that's what they think. There could be that, no, th that they, maybe. if a woman goes in the locker room and gets raped, like that could be a disturbing thing because they only have one okay, locker room. They dude, don't have, dude, we're, we're, but so seriously. I could see that women maybe wouldn't want to put themselves in that position, but I, they're also taking the most extreme freaks of nature to play in the sport. And those tend to be men, if not always, you know, the strongest of the strong of the humans are male. I don't know it's if that's the, always it's true. The, it's the highest top 0.01% of yeah. people who are playing in any of these sports. And they're like always male. I mean, for the most part, aren't they? So the point I'm bringing up is this leftist genuinely believes that if you took the average biological female and biological male, there is nothing stopping them from competing equally. And that's, to me, it shows how culty it's become. Like, absolutely, we should have laws protecting marginalized groups and all that stuff. We should have equal access to civil rights. People should be respected and allowed to live freely. But come on. If you're talking about averages, yeah, I could see that. But it's just, we're talking it, about extremes. For, no. for professional sports, you want the extremes of human nature. Right, right, right. The point is this person genuinely believed the average male and female would compete on equal footing in physical activities. Do you know why that is? 
Why I think I know why it is. And I don't think. Theory? Yes, exactly. It is the blank slate theory. Um, it's something that John Jacques Rousseau talked about. And he talked about how humans start out being basically completely equal and are completely shaped by the culture they grow up in. We know this is not true. Like we can literally look at the physical differences between males and females. You can look at the pelvis size and shape and, you know, the angle of the female pelvis is completely different. Like there's no I don't comparison. Know. I don't know. I, I we, we, have a, we have two women and two men in here. Oh, yeah. And there's just... They're completely identical in every way. You got to play some bad. Completely, yeah, we are. completely identical. Exactly the I mean, same. look, I, mean, I yeah, can see it. You, you both have long hair. I think Cassandra yeah, can true. kick further than me. I'm pretty sure you'd both beat me at arm wrestling. Yeah, for so. sure, I'd be toast. Who's taller? Yeah. Who's taller? Yeah. I think we're all about the same who's, height. Who's faster? I don't, Tim. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, don't know. Uh, it's it's just well, we're not, not freaks. Fast. We're not athletic. Yeah, freaks we're just either. like. Do you guys people. hear what Brett hear what happened to Brett Weinstein on Clubhouse? No. Yeah. You heard about some some activist came in and Brett Weinstein is an evolutionary biologist, right? Is that this? Is, <laughs> yes. And they were like, "You mean eugenicist?" And he was like, "Wait, what? No, I and like we know what it means. You're eugenicist. Evolution is like they don't believe in evolution like, now." Like I'm Jewish. I'm not sure if I'm white or not. It's kind of a weird <laughs> issue. And they were like, "You're a spicy white." <laughs> what? Are you serious? Oh, she got a quote. <laughs> I died. I was Amazing. laughing so. They hard. called him spicy white. <laughs> yeah. Spicy white. She was. You're just a spicy white. What the? <laughs> Dude, I love so this. Check this out. Check this out. This is the creepiest thing ever. Oh gosh, yeah. So mentioning them mm-hmm. calling Brett Weinstein. They actually called him Spicy White? Yeah. That is... Spicy white. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Jeez. I, la- I was laughing. Were you in hard. the clubhouse? No, I saw a clip of it on Twitter and I, I started so listening crazy. to it. They like, called Brett Weinstein this? <laughs> yeah. Because oh he was explaining that like he's not sure if he's technically white or he's not because Jewish. Jewish people were oppressed by Europeans and he's going on and on. And she goes, you're just a Spicy White. <laughs> <laughs> It, it I think these people, <laughs> I think they're anti-Semites. Yep. I think, you know, we, we've, we've long talked about, say, like Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. We know these people have almost identical beliefs to the, 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 the white identitarians. Yep. You know, the, many of them are fascistic. Many of them believe in ra- racial segregation. Now we have this from the Sacramento City Unified School District. I am, you, you, your, your, your head's going to explode when you hear this, my friends. If you have any left, like liberal friends who don't believe you, send them this website and have them read this. Now, you got to be careful because these people in these tribes desperately want to believe it. And I'll tell you what happened. First, let me read this for you. And I got to be very careful because if any of this gets taken out of context, (laughs) as if I said it, wow, check it out. They write. And again, this is a Sacramento City School District anti-racist classroom. Racial affinity groups offer a structure of inquiry and can address many needs. They support us in exploring what has been forbidden, forgotten, and unhealed. Okay, forbidden. Remember that word. For example, in racial affinity groups, white people can discover together their group identity. They can cultivate racial solidarity and compassion and support each other in sitting with the discomfort, confusion, and numbness that often accompany white racial awakening. This... I, 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 what? I don't know, dude. I'm an this, American. Uh, this, right. I know, right? Like, what? Let's just be Why, Americans Hold on, together. hold on. Why is the school trying to tell these, these classrooms to teach white people to find their white racial identity, to have a white racial awakening? That doesn't sound segregationist. like... Segregationist. Sounds like I mean, KKK. It sounds like the Klan. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. It gets better. Oh, boy. This is, so, so I, I posted this on Instagram. That last bit I highlighted. Someone posted it on Reddit. 
And the moderator was like, this is a a lie. Here's the full context. They added this part. They can also discern white privilege and its impact without the aid of or dependence of people of color. White people who have formed racial affinity groups report they recognize their collective commonality and shared history, as well as the impact that their privilege has had on other races and on each racial affinity group member. Okay. Do you know what happens to white racial groups when they're only... Uh, hold on, hold on. Well, what would you call it? <laughs> Sorry. What, what would you call it? I love it. When a group of white people come together to share their history mm. and talk about the impact the white race has had on the world and have a common ex- and, and shared experience as they awaken to the reality of their race. What do you, what do you call that when those groups go? A clan meeting, maybe? Uh-huh. Racist? Yep. I, I mean... Racist I, AF. I, I, I don't yes. know if it's discriminatory white unless they're keeping people out, but this is the school doing it. So I, I, I guess regardless of how you do it, if you're, yeah, racist. Here's the best part. They try and make it seem like that last sentence is somehow absolving them of what they're saying. Like... White people formed, you know, recognize their collective commonality and, and shared history, the impact of their privilege. When you take a bunch of white people who are aggrieved, who are being bullied or told that they're wrong and bad and they feel bad, and then you put them in a group of a bunch of other white people, the memes have always been the birth of the alt-right. There's a comic that shows a bunch of, you know, different raced people, they're like stick figures, and they have like, you know, flags and like rainbow flag, and they're yelling at a white guy, get out, F you. And so the white guy looks to the other, to, on the other, uh, in the other direction, and he sees a bunch of white people, and he says, "Okay." And so that was a meme that was pointing out all of this critical race theory stuff is doing is telling white people that the only place you'll feel comfortable and safe is in white racial affinity groups. For the longest time, I've been warning: the goal of what the critical race theory stuff is doing is making people white supremacist. It's going to make them vote along racial lines to benefit white people. And then the left says, oh, but they're talking about white privilege, white privilege. Regular people don't know what that means. Regular Americans, middle class, working Americans who are white have no idea what you're talking about. All they're going to hear is you're bad. Go hang out with a bunch of white people. They will. And then once you pass identitarian law, they'll be like, "Okay, we're going to vote for identitarianism. When they say they're going to share their history and the impact their privilege has had on other races, do you think they'll be thinking of themselves negatively or positively? Why would they think of themselves negatively? Why, why, why would a bunch of white people get together and say, hey, you know all that bad stuff we did? Or what if they got together and said, look at all that awesome stuff we invented? You'll get the Proud Boys. I mean, they're not a white racial affinity group, but they'll say, oh, the steroids. West is best. Look at the things we created. The Western world made everything great. Why wouldn't you get that from a, a bunch of you know white bros hanging out, high-fiving each other? They're telling all of these kids, they're indoctrinating kids to have a white racial awakening. And when I tell people that's no different from the Klan or white supremacy, they say, oh, you're crazy. We're the good guys. We're allowed to do it. Mm. Well, Cornell University was, uh, they um, just announced a rock climbing class. Campus reform actually got them to change the description of the course when they reached out for comment. But they had a rock climbing class that was for everyone except white people. And so, I mean, they're pushing for segregation. They want segregation. And I keep thinking about that comedian that I know you're friends with who... Uh, Ryan Long. Yeah, he had yeah, that yeah. video and they're both like, we want segregation. Oh, the woke yes. and racist yeah. guy. Yeah, and racist. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm just like, you know what? I, fine, whatever. <laughs> I keep thinking of the IRA, the British and the uh, the Irish, and they were all white, but they had massive, because of religion in that case, the mm. Catholics, yeah, the, a the massive conflict, murder and desecration Terrorism. of each other, yeah. regardless of that, their skin yeah. color. It was a religious thing. So like saying that white people have a shared history is insanity. We 
humans it's, have it's, fought each other for reasons unbeknownst. It's a little bit more than that. I mean, the Irish were it's basically enslaved by the British for a really long time. Yeah, they were like tribal. Religion played a role, but when I went to Belfast in Northern Ireland, the, what do they call it? The Peace Wall? Is that what it's called? I yeah, forgot I think what it's called. So. It's the craziest thing. On one side, it's like the, the, the pro Northern Ireland people are saying that they're the true descendants of Israel. And on the other side, there's paintings defending Palestine. And I was asking this local, I was yeah, like, the one struggle thing. What is that? One struggle. For Palestine it's or whatever? The IRA people and then Palestine. There's like a right, really right, famous right. big giant street. Oh, like the British thing. oppression. Yeah, the well, Brit- so, Britons are the ones that created Israel ba- with the Balfour Declaration in 1919, basic, I think. Basically, what this dude told me was anything that the Republicans would say, then the, you know, the, the, I forgot, I forgot the, the other faction is yeah. the opposition would say the exact opposite. And so when you look at the peace wall, you can see like Black Lives Matter. On the other side, it's like Donald Trump. And it's just like, what does any of that have to do with Ireland and Irish politics? And this dude told me nothing. It was funny, this, this, this young guy who grew up here, he was like, and he was a kid in the 90s with all of like the bombings and everything going on. He was like, they just hate each other. They hate each other and they want reasons to hate each other. So no matter what the other side does, they do the opposite and justify their hatred for the other side. Sounds familiar. It's why segregation is bad. It's why we want to be like, are you an American? I'm an American. Great. America, good. Yeah. I remember mm, probably like eight months ago, this, when this kind of this identitarian stuff start, identitary, the identity stuff started really getting heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was eight months ago, but I I started to have this wave of feeling like, oh, you're going to, you're going to tell me to go away and not accept me. Fine. Like I wanted to like, I almost gave over to the dark side of like, fine, I'll just go join some white th- and it's, like I'm not me. playing that game. I'm well, it's been brewing for a long time though. I mean, even at Occupy Wall Street, they were like, if you're a white man, you can't speak. Yeah. Like yeah, they, they used to say me. that all the time. They'd be like, shut up, white man. I, I loved it because they would tell me that and then I go, I'm, I'm mixed race and they would go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm huh. so sorry. Yeah. I remember I would cover like protests and stuff and they would be like, all the, the white people covering protests need to go to the back. And then the people of color go to the front. And I'm like, well, I'm Puerto Rican. Can I go somewhere in the middle? (laughs) What do I I do? And they'd say, no. Yeah. They were like, you're white. This is the, this is the, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly why, uh, I don't like any of this stuff. So, and, and I bring this up too, cause there's like, uh, I I think it's fair to say it was more of a meme a couple of years ago. Tim Pool's mixed race. I don't really say it all that often, but with this stuff coming up, I have to, cause I have to make it explicitly clear to all the leftists. When they create their racial affinity groups, can I just ask, which one do I get to be in? Because hmm. the answer is none of them. And I experienced this firsthand at Occupy Wall Street when they created all their little communities, d- different communities based on race. And when I was like, so which one do I go to? They said, F you. That was it. They're like, we don't care. We don't like you. Robin D'Angelo, uh, apparently I was talking to uh, Carl Benjamin from the Lotus Eaters podcast about her book, uh, White Fragility. And he was like, she basically admits like they have no answer to mixed race people at all. So like, why would I allow racial segregationists to make me into a second class citizen? I'm never going to, I'm never going to stand for it. These people are, are, are psychotic. Mm-hmm. The only thing that unifies me with everybody else is basically America. I'm an American. I mean, I'm a human. We're all humans. Mm-hmm. I'm down, da- I'm down for that. Can we get like an alien invasion or something so that we unify like an independence day or something? Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what's happening, but it's going to be Martians and earth and Terrans basically, if we're not mm-hmm. careful. If we colonize Mars. Yeah, interplanetary conflict. We got to be careful. Could you imagine like Elon Musk moves to Mars and then in like a couple hundred years, it's all the descendants of Musk 
and they're like the tribe of musk it's like a militaristic south african you know like strange people the musk clan yep god don't and they all talk like this we're coming to invade your planet like robots south african kind of like robots i don't know how elon musk talks is that how he talks pretty much kind of dude i'm i'm worried about the future I don't. I don't think that these groups are going to go the way they think they're going to go. I think they are going to come up with a bunch of white supremacists because I think you're right. I think they are just closeted white supremacists, much like Robin D'Angelo. I think it's on purpose. Yeah, I, I almost right. hope that people go ahead and say, "Yeah, being white is great," because it it really upsets me watching. Like, I have a child, and so I see like Cartoon Network commercials and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And they're they're just constantly being like, "If you're white, you're bad. If you're white, you're bad." And I think that's a horrible message to give to any child. They can't control their skin color, but it and, does. And it, it it bothers me on like a really deep level that I'm seeing my like my child watching this stuff where they're saying that she's evil. Like my daughter didn't participate in slavery or you know anything like that. She doesn't care what color somebody is what? and they're targeting children with this stuff constantly and the right doesn't target children at all with any political stuff because they believe that the children should be left out of it and so we're they're playing on a fighting field that we're not even touching and it scares me like i don't think that children should be told to hate themselves based on their skin no matter what color they are yeah and they're they're targeting all these white children constantly. What are, like you're white, you're bad. Yeah, you're but, white, you're bad. But and it's not gonna. It's not. I hate it. it. I think on the surface, we adults see that and say, "Oh no, these kids are going to internalize and hate themselves." I don't think so. I think kids rebel, and I think you 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 put these kids in white racial affinity groups, and then tell them how bad they are, and they're going to be like, "Nah, we're cool." Team up, and then they're going to say the opposite of what the adults say, as children do when they mm-hmm. rebel. Yep. I mean, I think. I was reading about the natural cycle of like youth and rebellion and the importance of it for human civilization, that the the youth needs to challenge the tradition of the old to to make sure there's constantly some kind of societal change, lest the society grow stagnant and then collapse. Mm. So let's say you have uh, it's kind of like evolution. The slow changes allow for an opportunity to improve the greater. So the, the youthful generation is always challenging the older generation and trying to change things, make things better. And sometimes they, things don't change and sometimes they do. So you have a bunch of kids who are constantly rebelling against the older generation. I think it was Socrates. I'm not entirely sure who complained about how the kids. Yes. Was it Socrates? <laughs> yeah, I think so. He was like, the kids don't listen to their elders. They're, they're Everyone's rambunctious and disrespectful. <laughs> they're all, yeah, they're all reading books yeah. or something like that. It's really, really funny to read that because like, it's like, wow, humans never changed. But the problem so, is that their their favorite YouTubers are saying it. Their favorite celebrities are saying it. And so it's different than like parents and like stuffy old teachers saying it. They're seeing it from people that they think are cool. But I still think what's going to happen is it's going to breed a very large sect of the alt-right. It's mm-hmm. going to breed. So, so the way I put it earlier is you have 60% of this country that is white. Let's say... A small percentage of them are woke leftists who actually watch this stuff. Cause like, 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 I think we all, it's all fair. We're, we're, it's fair to recognize most people don't know anything about this, including, you know, Latinos who have no idea what Latinx means. Like yeah. 97% are like, what? I don't know what that means. So how many white people actually understand the woke stuff? Probably not that many of those who do. How many are on the left? So what you end up with like 10% of the people falling for this. But then what happens when the other 10% who hate it? you know, are also in these groups. I'll put it this way. Every single kid who hears this is not necessarily going to just agree with it. You'll get some amount of disagreement. They are breeding white supremacists, kids who will say, no, you're wrong. I actually think it is better or things like that. The other issue is that if they keep doing this, 
and eventually regular working class Americans who just happen to be white feel threatened and aggrieved, well, then they'll start voting based on race. And, and that's apparently what they want. And then guess what? Congratulations. 60% of the country is not going to vote based on race. What, um, how, how does your daughter feel about it? Have you talked to her? I don't want to talk with my daughter on here, really. But Do you have deep conversations about it with the kids? Um, we try and avoid that stuff in my house. I don't have cable, so we don't actually get the commercials except when I was on vacation. Um, but I was watching it, and I was like, holy crap, they're talking about impeachment on the Disney Channel. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, and it, it shocked me. And, I mean, we don't really watch that stuff. We watch, like, Mr. Beast and crap at my house. but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I my daughter's homeschooled, so it's a whole different ball game than what the kids who are in public school and getting the Black Lives Matter curriculums are seeing. Dude, I was playing Apex Legends and I saw some cool banner and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty sweet." So I just put it, equipped it to my guy and it was this fist sticking up with a yellow <laughs> oh, background. Wow. And then another one of my friends was like, "That's the Black Lives Matter thing, dude." What? And I was like, "What, really?" I didn't even know. Yeah, like I'm kind funny. of in it, and I didn't know. Like, yeah, there's I can see a this YouTuber that's for kids, and I I was watching some of their videos because my daughter wa- likes to watch Roblox videos, and I I like to see what they're doing. So I was checking out this channel, and he's going on about how if you're not attracted to trans people, that you're homophobic, and I'm like, what? this is targeted towards kids who are like seven. It's a Roblox channel, and. I was just astounded. Like you, you have to really watch what your kids are watching now. It's it's terrifying, and the right isn't touching this this field. Like the, the children are being targeted by the left. They're paying big money. They're getting oh, yeah. commercials on yep. Disney. They're getting curriculums into schools, and the right largely wants to keep kids out of politics. We don't want you know, and to- they want their kids in these schools. Yeah. I I never understood the absurdity of being like they're indoctr- indoctrinating our kids in these schools with their woke curriculum. I demand my kid be put back in school. Yeah. Like, okay, then shut up. Straight put your kid in the story. school. I don't care. Homeschooling. That's what's well, all that, about. Well, that, that, that yeah. you, you get these, these, uh, news stories where like the teachers union guy in California is saying schools can't be reopened and then sending his kid to a private school. Uh huh. They're going to send your kids to the wolves, to the indoctrination. We'll call it uh, facilities because they're not camps. They're facilities. You know, where your kids go to school and they learn all this weird racial stuff and they put your white kids in a white affinity group so they can learn about white history and shared <laughs> culture. Congratulations on that one. And then, your kids are going to be in that and they're going to send their kids to the fancy normal schools where your kids will be indoctrinated and made to believe this crazy stuff. My friend sent me a video uh, this week of her son's class um, and she was teaching. His teacher was showing the class how to do the black power salute. These are five year olds like these kids are being dipped in it from like two years old. Yeah. And up. Like, See, t- and the right will never go there because we want kids to be kids. Right. And so it, it's bad. And we're, they're on a whole different playing field than we are. Well, Tim is we're absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. They've been, they're actually fighting like a serious, serious fight here and we're not, and we're going to lose because of it. And yep. Tim is absolutely right about complaining about not school, schools not being open. Like, why would you complain about that? Yeah. Keep your kid at home. I haven't got that either. Right. I'm like, like, wait, no, this is great. Yes. Yes. Or pods. Yeah. Where yeah. the, the local community gets all their kids together. You hire one tutor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't the feel kids. that smart. Well, I live in best West Virginia now. And, uh, Virginia. <laughs> um, there's actually a bill making its way through Congress in our state where they're going to fund children instead of institutions. A Good. lot of states and are doing so, that. Yeah, I'm so amped. I'm it, it went it. through the Senate and Congress now, I think. It has to be signed oh, by the governor. Awesome. I could be wrong. How does it work? But it's 
Great. So instead of the money, because each you know public school gets like twenty thousand dollars a year or something per student. So instead of that money automatically going to the public schools, the parents will be able to choose whether they want to spend that on homeschool supplies, on private school, on sending them to a, a charter school, or sending them to public school, and then they'll so get cool. that money. And the teachers' unions really oppose it because nobody's going to want to send their kids to public school. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's amazing, and it's great, and I am really pushing for this to go through, and I love my state. School choice. School choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was one of Trump's positions. I'm in favor. I'm absolutely in favor of. Yeah. It's a little a little disheartening that hey if you're going to be a teacher you might be out of a job you know the, the age of automation is coming the age of homeschooling <laughs> is coming and but just Get a job think a about school. that if you're 17 and you're going to school maybe you don't want to become a teacher yeah. dude my yeah. school or be a better teacher so that people want to send their kids to you yeah you can teach those pods public school in yeah. chicago was was like torture there was maybe like one there there were like a couple of good teachers there was one really good teacher i had for the most part Man, who, I, who i respect i'm actually friends day. with on facebook the other teachers were it's criminal. It was child abuse. The things these teachers, there's one lady, I won't say her name, uh, absolutely despicable, old, haggard, obese woman who would just insult and berate and just crap all over these kids every day. And I watched it. Now, for me, you know, I, my, when I was like nine, my family started a business. And so I was very independent on my own, building computers, having a job and understanding what it meant to actually be responsible. So hearing this, this, you know, morbidly obese, nasty woman rag and insult me was meaningless to me because it just, it doesn't affect me. I've got more important things to do, but I could see how it was affecting these kids who are like 10, 10 years old, seeing them cry, seeing them hate school. And I was just like, I never took school seriously, which is why like a year later when I was going to high school, I just stopped going to school because I was like, it's what a waste of time. But so many kids were just brutally abused by teachers at the schools I've been to. And that's public schools. And yeah. then, and we're supposed to just blindly follow the teachers union because union, union good? Nah, sorry, I don't care. The mm -hmm. only place that most children see violence is in public school. Wasn't it? We, we mentioned this before, Michael Malice. Yeah. Yeah. It, he brings he said that, that up a lot. Yeah. It's like the, one of the only places they'll see violence. Mm -hmm. And he said they're basically prisons. Yeah. Well, Chicago actually implemented solitary confinement for their kids. Wow. They took like an 11 year old kid and threw him into a solitary confinement room full of padded walls Poor guy. and then just left him there for like a day. Okay. And then he like crapped his pants and then was crying and sitting in his waist because he couldn't. He was 11. That was my child. Or, yeah. I'd be in prison right now. Yeah, oh, I probably yeah. would be too. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, Chicago. Mm -mm. But listen, that's Chicago for poor people. Mm. The rich, the rich people will advocate for all of this stuff. I mean, I swear we're headed towards. It's like every awful dystopian novel all jammed into one. Like, you, you guys remember, you see Luke's shirt where he's got all, it's a Venn diagram of all the dystopian yeah. novels. And it's like, you are here in the middle. It's true, man. You, you've got, you've got an emerging neo-feudalist system where the ultra rich advocate for laws that make life for the poor substantially worse. Many poor people are too ignorant to realize they're voting for their own destruction. The left agrees on this one. And, and seemingly the right agrees with the left. Both sides agree that poor people are voting against their own interests. The rich people know my kid's never going to go in that garbage school, those garbage teachers. So why should I care? Do it. And then I'm going to send my kid to the to the moon or whatever, to Elysium, where they're going to get the, the pristine, beautiful uh, uh, education and not have to worry about being put in solitary confinement. Did, speaking of solitary confinement and children, did you guys see the story last night? I, I was going to bed and I actually jumped out of bed in a rage after oh, I no. read this. Yes, I think I know what you're but, talking about. Um, up in Canada, they were suggesting that if your child got exposed to COVID Dude. in school, that you put them in solid in confinement by themselves 14 days. for fourteen did you, days. Did you yeah. see the tweets? Yeah, they parents ended up. Did the, it. the parents 
two parents came out and said that they were doing it, that they were in the process of doing it. They got brainwashed into abusing their own children and overriding their maternal instincts. And they ended up both deleting their Twitter accounts, I believe, because wow. people were like, you are abusing your child. Like the United Nations considers solitary confinement for 15 days to be torture. And these moms are doing it to their children because they are so scared of a disease or a virus that kill that is 99% uh, for kids. It's like 99.9999. Yeah. Did you see the tweets? I was so angry. One of, <laughs> one, of, one of the tweets was the, there, there are two tweets that went viral. One was, the the hardest thing for me was hearing my young son crying locked in locked in the basement or locked in the other room. Are you one one serious? one of the tweets was he my, I feel bad for my son. He keeps texting me, "Mommy, I'm lonely." Like, wow. I was in bed so tired. I hadn't slept the night before. I was editing for Gateway all weekend, so I was like nonstop staring at the screen and I was finally in bed and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to crash." Somebody sent it to me and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> I like lost. I haven't I read so much crazy stuff that I rarely get like actually angry anymore. But I read that and I just lost it. I couldn't control myself. I yeah. mean, I would eat an entire Petri dish filled with literal COVID virus germs before I would put my daughter into solitary confinement. That's crazy. And I was just like, how? How did they get these moms to do this? It's, it's not just that. The woman, one of the, one of the tweets, she was like, I have severe asthma, so we have to do this. And I think about you know how they're saying we must sacrifice the young for the old. Oh, the old are vulnerable. So let's destroy the economy and shut schools down. And I thought about when, when did it go from the old, the, the adults will sacrifice themselves for the children to the children should sacrifice themselves for the adults. Well, I'm the adult and I have asthma. So my child must be put in solitary confinement. Like my no. mom has <laughs> asthma. She's hospitalized for it all the time. She's in rough shape from it. But she has foster children, and one of them got exposed to COVID at school. And my mom, who was like in the highest highest risk category for this, uh, quarantined with him. Like, and she didn't get it. So I'm just like, that's the right thing that's to do. Not wow, like man. that's not even her child technically, yeah. and she put herself out there to take care of them because it's her responsibility it's her foster child and these people like their actual own children i man you know you know i I, I gotta lost my mind over this i gotta i gotta say we we didn't get to the cuomo being me too now by three (laughs) women but we'll go on about that all week but we'll do that we'll do that in the bonus segment because it is a um it's an anniversary and I want to talk about something of which Cassandra is like a foremost expert on Waco, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But first, check this out. This is this is mind blowing. And I, I wonder if you know this too, Cassandra. Today, or I'm sorry, yesterday, the ATF tweeted, "We remember the fallen agents: Conway Le, uh, Conway LeBlue, Special Agent Todd McKeon, Special Agent Robert Williams, Special Agent Steve Willis, who made the ultimate sacrifice trying to execute a search warrant." Learn more. Remember Waco, February 28th, 1993. Now, Cassandra, that tweet triggers you, right? <laughs> I am taking deep breaths. <laughs> wait, Just wait. you reading it got me mad all over again. All right. Did you know that in 2020, they tweeted the same thing? Yeah, and I think I flipped out last year. Yeah, every <laughs> year. Annual. But wait, wait. And you know the year before that, they tweeted the same thing? Yep. Yeah, so... Ever since I made my Twitter account, I think in 2013 or something, every single year on Waco, I've gone into like long thread rant crazy person because I've been obsessed with Waco since I was little. I remember seeing it on the news. I think I was like eight years old and it was horrifying. So, and- so break down what happened. 
for everybody who doesn't who's not super our familiar. Our government murdered our kids, <laughs> basically. Um, no, what actually happened was the Branch Davidians were living in a compound in Waco, Texas, obviously. And ATF and FBI had just flubbed massively uh, a raid on Ruby Ridge. And they shot a woman who was holding her 10-month-old baby, their 14-year-old son, while trying to, like, stake out and arrest this guy. And so everybody was really pissed off about it. Everybody was, like, enraged. And ATF looked bad. FBI looked bad. People were really angry at them. So they were like, let's get a win. Let's go and save these kids from this bad, evil cult. And so David Crush, the leader of the Branch Davidians, he would jog into town every day. He was close to the local sheriff. The people there um, were all, you know, easily accessible, friendly with the community. The sheriff loved him. They called him when they were getting raided. But um, they wanted to make a big spectacle about arresting David Crush because he had some illegal gun parts. Um, they sold stuff at gun shows. It was, you know whatever gun control yeah so u.s government gun control is really scary so basically what happened is on february 28th 1993 they went and they were gonna go serve a warrant but they wanted it to be flashy they wanted to have a big blowout and so they invited the local news to come well the local news driver uh got lost and he asked a usps driver how to get to the mount caramel which was the branch davidian compound and that guy happened to be a Branch Davidian. So he warned everybody who was back at the compound that something was going wrong and something was weird was happening. So they all got ready and um, they didn't come out and they weren't going to come out. And so ATF breached the top window. There's a very famous video of them going up on a ladder and a shootout took place inside. Uh, some members of the ATF were killed and they retreated. And a standoff ensued for 51 days where they were torturing the people inside. Um, there were, I think, 27 w- women, 25 children who died. But um, for 51 days, they tortured these people. They would play sounds of of uh, rabbits being slaughtered, which is a horrific sound, like really loud through the speakers. They wouldn't give them milk. They turned off the electricity. Um, there were a lot of babies in there and they couldn't eat. So they made a deal to give them milk, but then they put, like, recording devices in it. Um, it was just really bad. They we, they did things there that would be considered a war crime if we did it in another nation. And then ultimately in April, it culminated with um, a CS gas attack. They, they went and they told Janet Reno that they believed that David Crush was beating babies and raping babies, none of which was true. He had married a 14-year-old. But that was legal in Texas at the time. I personally disagree with that, as most people would, but it was legal. And so none of this was true. They admitted like five months after the siege that this wasn't true. But because she, they told her that babies were being like beaten, she was like, okay, go in with CS gas. And the, the FBI, the few sympathetic negotiators were like, they're not going to have gas masks for kids. And... You know, the FBI were like, well, they'll have to come out faster then. So on the final day, they started piercing the building with tanks and shooting CS gas in, which by this point, the government knew was flammable. We had seen the move bombing and several other raids that ended up turning buildings into bombs because you're putting gas into a building and breaking it apart. 
and they didn't have the fire department there. So the building caught fire. There's a debate if if it was um, the ATF that started the fire or if it was the Branch Davidians. But either way, they did not have the fire department there to stop it. And so the women and children went and hid in a half-buried bus. And because the tanks were knocking down the building, the door to get out got barricaded. And so they shot tear gas into where the women and children were. And they died. They suffocated. Um, the whole building went up in an, in an inferno. Only a few people made it out. <laughs> it's it's one of the the greatest American tragedies, in my opinion. Sorry, and, that was really long. No, no, no. That's and great. I'm sure there's a whole bunch. That, I mean, that was the quick version. That was a few minutes. Yeah. And then every every year, the ATF on Twitter commemorates the the fallen servicemen over what was probably. A, one of the most horrific tr uh, atrocities. And the they American never history. say anything about the women or children or, or men who were killed in there. But you know what the Branch Davidians do? Every year they have a memorial at Mount Carmel and they also remember the ATF who died. Wow. Along with their own people. The ATF doesn't do that. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I feel for the ATF, the families of these men who lost their lives. Sure. But we clearly know who was in the wrong on this one. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm sad when I hear about war and I hear any like people and I don't I don't want anyone to die. You right. know what I mean? It's if my so. issue is that they only remember the ATF people. There were 27 children in there, two unborn babies. Yep. And they killed them. Whether whether Koresh started the fire or not, which I personally don't believe. But, you know, that's their theory. Even if that's true. They were shooting CS gas into a building, did not have the fire department on standby, knowing that it starts fires. And they could have arrested him anytime he jogged into town, and they didn't because they wanted a show for the cameras. Right. This was all on them. And they they don't even memorialize the, the babies that they killed. It infuriates Well, they'd have to admit I'm fault sorry. to them. They'd have to admit that they killed these children. Yeah. The, the other thing, too, is even outside of fire, it, you, you don't fire CS gas into a closed building because... It's, it displaces oxygen. Right. Yeah. Well, I was in Turkey and there was a parking garage. This was during Gezi Park. And they were very liberally using tear gas, as it were. Just like there was so much tear gas on the ground, you were walking and kicking cans out of the way. Hmm. And I remember seeing a bunch of the activists running into a parking, a tunnel. And then when the, when the police fired tear gas into it, the next thing we saw was a bunch of people dragging bodies out. Mm -hmm. As soon as that, that gas filled the whole space up, there was no air anymore. People were just Pass dropping out. to the ground. So what did, what did the ATF think was going to happen if they started firing tear gas into a closed building? Well, they claim that it would make the women want to protect their children and run out with their babies. But, you know, I, they had been terrorizing these people for 51 days. Why would they trust them to leave the building? Yeah. If I was them, I would have thought they were going to kill me. They, so, they were and they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to somebody about this on the anniversary and they were like, well, that sounds like it was handled, you know, less than responsibly. I was like, yeah. And, and I was like, this is worse than war because this is the government of your own country taking you out. I was like, I admittedly, that was the first time I had looked into it was the other day, yesterday on the anniversary. Mm -hmm. And I was horrified. I found pictures. I saw like the, you know, the, the fireball, charred the charred remains. Yeah. And I, I sent that picture and I was like, I mean, look at this. You can tell me what you want. The but government bulldozed that whole site like a week later, too. Wow. They didn't even like go and collect all the evidence. They were like, let's just get rid of this. Wow. <laughs> like quite literally. That's crazy. Yeah. My dad's from Waco. I, I get infuriated. Yeah. I, my <clears throat> dad's in my family is from Waco. So there's like 
nothing really related to that because they all I think they left well before you know, 1993. Yeah. But apparently there was, you know, a lot of stories of people who knew people and like how crazy Jeez. it was. Well, da- David Thibodeau, who's one of the people who, who escaped from the fire. Um, he, he has a book called Waco Survivor Story. I cannot recommend this book enough. It's what the Paramount and Netflix docudrama was based on. Partially Gary Nosner, the FBI negotiator. He also wrote a book and they, they merged the two books to make the series. But he's one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to. I've interviewed him, and I just think he is such a a wonderful person. And it breaks my heart that they killed the woman that he loved. You know, it it's all very sad. I, I, I highly recommend that book or the Paramount series to anyone who wants to learn more about Waco. Didn't didn't Bill Barr do something where he like he got someone off? Yeah, he defended them, saying that they were doing the right thing. And wow. I, I mean, I was screaming my head off when Bill Barr got put in the admin. I was like, no, that kind of makes sense now. So so but, I have to ask, what happened to Janet Reno? What happened to anybody? Was there uh, ever any accountability? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> besides that, she's getting <laughs> uh, the same fiery treatment she gave those kids. <laughs> That's fair. I like Sorry. that. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that, that makes total sense. Sorry, guys. But she was never held accountable. No. Oh, my God. Of course not. Cool. cool yeah. Cool, when cool. does that stuff ever happen? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think it's funny as I read more and more like gun blogs, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like learning about, you know, more about guns, living out in the middle of nowhere and also buying weapons. And it's funny how many comments I see about the ATF and the jokes and the memes uh, yeah. and the mockery about how like the laws make no sense. This one's too short, but it's also too long, so it can't exist. And then there's I watched a video from Demolition Ranch where he talks about the absurdity of this weapon. That's like a it's a it's a shotgun, but it's not a shotgun. So it's technically illegal, but it's not. It's just. These people, when they, when they're there, it's let me put it this way. Gun control makes no sense when they claim that the same gun in like different styles, it becomes illegal if it if it's got like a pistol grip versus a rifle grip. But it's the exact same weapon firing the exact same thing at the exact same rate. There's a lot of people who point out how gun control seems to target scary weapons as opposed to mm. actually functional weapons. And then you end up with ATF raids going after people for things that should not be illegal or quite literally makes no sense. Yeah. And it's hard to know. Like it's hard <clears throat> to know if you're accidentally breaking the law because the laws are changing all the time Seriously. and they're doing. Well, that's I, one thing Donald Trump did. Luke complains about it all the time. The ba- the bomb stock ban yeah. made people criminals overnight without notice. Like I'm sure there were a lot of people who had no idea what's going on politically. Right. And they probably might have a bump stock sitting in, you know, in their shed, not realizing it. And then they don't know what they bought. Maybe they got a bunch of different guns and stocks. And then they pass this law. This guy doesn't watch the news. And now what? Now he's a felon. Yeah. And if they go to his house, they're going to find it. He's going to go to prison mm-hmm. or get fined. Or they could throw tear gas in his house and kill his kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Depending on the degree to which this person <laughs> has these these items. I kind of find it strange that it's alcohol, tobacco, and firearms all together. And explosives. Like, why alcohol? Why tobacco? What does tobacco have anything to do with guns? It's weird to me. Like, why wouldn't you just call it the F? Get rid of the alcohol. Make, yeah. make different yeah. provisions. Yeah. Make the F. The yeah. F-E. Yeah. The E-F. The explosives and firearms. Something like that. Yeah. Something like get tobacco out of there. It doesn't have anything. Yeah, to- nobody cares. I understand the contraband running yeah. it in the 20s. When did they start the ATF? Tobacco? Was it like the late 20s? Yeah. It's when, so weird. When was tobacco, tobacco contraband? contraband. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, just in, in the U.S.? I don't know. They really do got to change regulated. the ATF, to be honest. Yeah. Like, they, I, they should get rid of the ATF. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> abolish yeah. the ATF. Abolish the ATF. If the left started with abolishing the ATF, every conservative would be like, yes. You, we could totally find <laughs> common ground on that. Absolutely. Like, Definitely. Let's get rid of the IRS, ATF. I'm in. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, what, where, where is the left on abolishing the IRS? It's like leftists, I know. I know you're all in favor of like taxation and stuff like that. 
But it is a government institution. Oh. Can we agree uh, to get rid of that one? Yeah. Or the Fed. Yeah. We'll start Let's... with this and then we'll work our way up and we'll find where we hit that Just wall. Just keep finding common ground. The ATF goes, you know, maybe some of these, you know, agencies within DHS, maybe we stop somewhere and then you guys get rid of a bunch of government institutions. We keep some of them. It's a win-win. Right? I want to, I want to kind of get rid of Homeland Security. It didn't exist 30 years ago. I don't think it needs to exist now. They just created it after 9-11. No, no, it, 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 it brought things together. So it all, it, it, it took a bunch of different agencies and put them on, put them under one roof. It's like the secret police. They're like uh, the, the SS no. of, of the German Reich. No, that's, a, that's, that's an totally unnecessary. We already have the National Guard. We have like the Department of Defense. We don't need some new weird organization that's like quasi paramilitary. Like we should, like the federal government should have it, shouldn't have its own police force. D- definitely not. Why not? What, cause it doesn't, who do they, who do they adhere to? What do you mean? Like who do they, who, who what jurisdiction is going to make sure they don't get out of line? The, what the federal what, government? What do you mean? Like what about any police officer then? Who's going to stop any cop from getting out of line? The city, the state. And so the, the, the feds, feds have those same jurisdictions. The federal police doesn't like answer to the state, though. That's the problem. Yes, they do. Well, technically, maybe. It, it, it's but it's jurisdictional debates. So in Washington, D.C., for instance, and on federal jurisdiction, you need federal police. Like, if a dude shows up with a gun and starts shooting in D.C., I, who's, who's going to arrest him? I remember- have you noticed that how the left <clears throat> is super pro-FBI and feds now? <laughs> like, when I was on the left, we hated snitches, hated mm-hmm. the FBI, and now all of a sudden they're, like, retweeting the FBI asking for snitches. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys have what, really what changed. F- Homeland <laughs> Security, what's that? That's another department? Homeland Security is the parent for a bunch of different divisions. So like, weird. Like, I think ICE is within DHS, right? Yeah, FPS. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, CBP. Mm-hmm. We need customs and border protection, bro. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you get people kidnapping children. We need federal, uh, uh, um, was it federal police service? Is that what it's called? FPS. I think so, yeah. In Washington, D.C., they have federal police. It's a federal jurisdiction. There would, like, you know. I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about DHS, except that it didn't exist in 1998, and we were totally fine. We got disconnected. Weird. We did? Yeah. Lame, but still recording. I mean, we weren't fun. We got... What's up, iTunes? World we're back. Trade centers got knocked down. I, 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 I Someone think... was aggro about what I was talking I know, about. Right? Not, <laughs> I was speaking There's the truth. Involved. There's an ATF guy, and he's calling the NSA, and he's like, knock them off. <laughs> Just a little Oh, the line. NSA is another weird one. That didn't used to exist oh. either. They yeah, the NSA is definitely, weird... definitely that creepy. Go. Yeah, that no, can go. The NSA <laughs> can go. <laughs> Yeah, we could could team up on certain things. Yeah, yeah. We just won't do it because we're not. I'm just saying, like DHS includes. uh, That's what I was saying. Some departments, some some agencies within DHS, because DHS is just a parent umbrella for a bunch of organizations. Like we need, we got, we're getting kicked off. I think we're probably getting DDoSed. Weird. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because uh, we were talking about the ATF, they're mad. That's all it is. Maybe. Well, we we have. I got like bot attacked when I was. We have on about Waco the other day. Listen, we have triple redundancy on the internet right now. So for those that are listening online, if you know we're cutting in and out, I'm not entirely sure. We have a triple redundancy on the internet. We have a really robust system that was built by this really smart feller. That's right. And when one network goes down, it switches rapidly, so we never get kicked off. For us to actually get booted off right now, wild. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Hmm, Conspiracies abound. No, it's not a conspiracy. (laughs) There, there have been a variety of cyber attacks going on. Yes, they've been having fun. We know that Gab got attacked recently. Yeah. So, well, how about this? Let's read some super chats because we we did go a little bit over. Smash the like button if you haven't already, and we're gonna rag on Cuomo because he's getting me too heavily in the members only exclusive segment coming up in just about an hour and twenty minutes or so. 
But uh, don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, sm- uh, hit the like button, and the notification bell. We do the show live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. We are going to uh, TimCast.com, and now we're going to read your super chats. We got the first super chat. Uh, YouTube actually cuts off the name of the first super That's chat. That's so some weird. Reason. So annoying. Because there's like a little thing like for merchandise I can't get rid of. Oh, I see. That they too. said, get redheaded libertarian on here. Yes, we she's are. cool. We are I trying. love her. Yes. yes. <laughs> Do it. I actually just talked to her today. Josie is fantastic. I love her. Clarence W. says, just got our pillow in the mail, purchased for Glorious Motherland. Yes. Ooh. So uh, for those that aren't familiar, actually, maybe I can I can do this. I'll put the our pillow up because I'm very, very proud. And I think we might have an announcement tomorrow on the our pillow project. Yes. Oh. Now, the current our pillow, which is just uh, the, the, it's on Teespring. And it's just a, a design we made where the my and my pillow is X'd out and it says our and there's a revolution fist holding it. A bunch of leftists bought them. They were like, dude, this slaps. This is awesome. And they're like, it's funny. It is. It's just a silly, funny thing. It's not really making fun of anybody. It's just make, it's just a pillow. It's just funny. And so leftists were like, it's got the revolution fist. Heck yeah. I dude. like it. And I'm like, we're kind of making fun of the whole thing. This spot, ironically. You know, it's the communist version of the my pillow. It, you know, so uh, pick up yours today, your our pillow. But uh, we actually have the legit campaign we're doing. If you haven't, if you want to get the full details, over at TimCast.com, we have a segment explaining the the, the, the the full plan for the Our Pillow project. We are going to legit be selling collector's item box items. They are boxes <laughs> full of packing peanuts with burlap sacks in them. And, uh, you know, you can go to TimCast.com. You'll get the whole whole uh, explanation for, for the members. And then uh, there's going to be some commercials on Fox News. Nice. Not kidding. Nice. Matthew Hammond says, I love Cassandra. Aw, thank Excellent. you. Poofy says Lids 2024. Oh, thanks, Poofy. There you go. She's a G. Hello. Ma- Matthew Hammond says Tim needs to hire Cassandra for a spooky story cult podcast. Gee, I wonder where <laughs> they got that interesting idea. Interesting idea. I like mm. it. <laughs> <laughs> we might have one next week. Oh, yeah. I tweeted we're looking for a podcast producer. We may have one. And the idea is to talk a lot about what what I, what, what, what do we say? Crime, cults, mysteries, crimes, mysteries cults, paranormal. Just the spooky. It's a hard. It's hard to describe the overall theme, but it's kind of just like I don't know how to describe it. And I've already been working on guests. So there's going to be like it's going to. I'm really excited for this. It'll probably be once a week, but with like little clips here and there, kind of like how we do this show, just only once a week because it's going to be researched, produced, and then we're going to have like a produced, legit breakdown where it's like vo script, sound effects, music, and then maybe like an hour or so discussion about all this crazy stuff. But we're going to have crazy guests. I mean, Cassandra's got some crazy I'm actually surprised that more people didn't realize what was going on when you told me <laughs> that. Because those are all my favorite topics. Yeah, like what? Yeah. I was like, yeah, we, I should get Cassandra involved. We tried doing it before, and we weren't able to make it happen. But now we're going to. And then we're basically going to try and have like once a week, maybe like a two-hour thing. And then throughout the week, little snippets, clips from the show. Kind of like what we're doing. But uh Cassandra's already pitched me some guests who have said yes, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's gonna be like, dark stuff. This is my uh my favorite my favorite <laughs> world of things to talk about. And usually I've always kept it separate. Like my Facebook, I have all my spooky weird friends, and then Twitter is all political. And but I actually know a ton of people that will be wonderful for a show like this. So it's gonna be fun. I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> the the crazy and the sh- in the in the creepy. Eli Masora says YOLO, ladies and gents, hope that's not misgendering. I wanted to know when you're planning any of the private events that you talked about. I would love to meet you guys. I love your stuff. Tell Luke, F the government to the moon. 
So Luke is on vacation. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were like, where's Luke? Uh, he's on <laughs> vacation, but Luke's a bit of a vagabond. Like, yeah. he was legit when he said he was living in my parking lot. He's got, like, a mobile home in the parking lot. So maybe he'll come back. Maybe he won't. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we're, we're assuming he will be. People are saying, free Luke. We know you're keeping him locked up. Follow. D- didn't he post on Facebook that his car broke down or something? Yeah, I think he's stuck in, like, South Carolina or something. I told him. I was no. like, you can't, you can't do it, man. He's like, I got to go. The, the nature calls or, you know, whatever. Yeah, apparently. And then he gets, <laughs> in the, he, he gets in the truck. And before he left, we were worried he was going to break down. And But, as you know, everything's fine. And then it was like a couple hours later. He's like, break oh. down. You can't wow. hold Luke down, though. He's no. gonna, Luke is going to Luke. That's true. Yeah. You know what? It, this is this is sad right here. Dead Eye twenty two says we need to hear Luke's rant on the ATF's Waco statement. And Luke would have been, Ooh. he would have been. Ooh, that would have been spicy. Yeah. Oh, it's too bad, Luke. Uh, yeah, Luke. He's probably listening in his in his broken down truck right now. <laughs> he can hop on Periscope. And- <laughs> <laughs> Look at this, Dan and Rip Luke. You're still here in our hearts. <laughs> the best political T-shirts. That's right. <laughs> 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 com. Dot com. Dell Men says Tim, buddy, need your help. Let people know the Minnesota government is trying to poison the well in pending trial of Derek Chauvin. Over a million dollars spend mm-hmm. on influencers at this point. Source, cbsnews.com. So That's true. I saw that. I wanted to go read that article and I forgot to. Yeah, I have a chance. Yeah. We're getting internet hiccups. This is interesting. Don't I wonder do. if we're under attack. I wouldn't be surprised. It's the ATF. It's the aliens. Student of history <laughs> says, Tim, to quote you, if it bleeds, it leads. Yes, they want bloodshed and this reaction. It's purely because these journalists are sitting there listening to addicted by sa- by saving, a- saving Abel whilst staring staring at Trump's blank Twitter page and crying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rivet. Yeah. Delhi Oplis says, please stop saying Australia when you talk about draconian COVID restrictions in Melbourne. The rest of the country hasn't had a lockdown since April last year and every business has remained open. We are freer than you are. All right, Delhi. In many ways, yes. Florida is completely open as well. We've had Republican states that never, that, uh, like South Dakota never locked down, right? I don't know much about it. Yeah, I don't think so. South, don't South think Dakota so. never locked down? So, but you are correct. I'll make sure to say it's, Vic- it's Victoria, isn't it? Where they've went, like, gone insane. I think huh. North Dakota just made a, a law that you can't make mask mandates right, anymore. Right, I saw that. So there's like a war on which Dakota is the more free Dakota right now. Hmm. <laughs> Good which for is them. the more free? <laughs> That's great. Paul Sam says, Cassandra is and always will be one of the coolest guests you have on your show. Aww. She's a badass with some good political views oh some spicy ones too i love when they they pull the 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 clips out of context for the spiciest they don't like my jokes (laughs) nobody understands me (laughs) brico says tim gals watch your podcast too we care about smooth plump skin well i I know i know it's that collagen get that collagen Mm biotrust thanks biotrust good Uh, for you click the link in the description below but um it's like 90 percent dudes who watch Oh, really? really? Yeah, true, like 90%. Yeah. Actually, no, no, no. I think this one is, is, is better. I brought the what? number of chicks up a little bit. Good I've job. been working very hard on it. Nice work. <laughs> it, it, so on my main shows, it's like 90% dudes. On this one, I think it's like 80 to 85. Uh, like there are women who like more testosterone. Pro- probably because there are women on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you're a female voice. Massive, muscular. A bunch of dudes banging on the table, chanting about how they're gorillas. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't appeal to women. Yeah. No, not really. I am a gorilla. I don't, don't know why not. It just really appeals to men. Right. <laughs> All right. The Scott says, Canadian here, FYI, do we have a constitution and a charter of rights? The COVID hotels do violate both of those. Also, the hotel- hotels are privately owned and entirely staffed by private security and medical professionals. Freaking weird. You're about what's going on up there, right? 
This is in Canada. Yeah, I, I saw what you were tweeting about that journalist, Kian Bexty. Oh yeah, I love that. So dude. I yeah, I, I did a segment on him, and it's like, it's it's creepy, man. He wanted food, and he's calling, and no one will answer. And he's he's locked down in a hotel for three days, a government quarantine facility they call it. And when they finally delivered food, it was cold, like freezer waffles. And what was next to it? Was I it think like it was crepes, but like dry plain <laughs> like, crepes? Yeah. What are they What are they feeding these people? Yeah, it's that's and it's like two grand. Jeez. Brutal. Yeah, just cold. this is to enter the country. You got to spend two grand and sit yep. for three days. You're locked down. And if you come into contact with someone, they extend the quarantine. Oh my god! He said apparently some guys went up the fire escape and like escaped. One the of them quarantine. was wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. That's my favorite detail. Huh. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. Crazy. All right, evil zombie hamster says I received my I am a gorilla shirt today. I've worn it less than two hours and it's already covered in my husky's fur. Never ending <laughs> shedding. You know, I, I have to say, we, we got a bunch of the samples of the Gorilla shirt, finally. They're really good. Oh, They're cool. so soft. Yeah, I'm impressed with Teespring. I gotta get one. We So, we have them downstairs. Awesome. And it's, like, remarkably soft. It's, like, nice. really high-quality shirts. I'm, no joke. It's Teespring. I mean, I we just mine, give them the yeah. graphics, and they, they print it, so they look awesome. The Nick of Time says, Tim isn't brave enough to read this. Tim is a duty head with booty ideas. Ian is always right. I'm None abs- of those things are true. I'm absolutely brave enough to I read it because it's it. funny. <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. Dylan Keller says, yo, Cass, did you try Cyberpunk 2077? I hate it. You, you hate do. it? I hate it. I wanted my money back immediately. I did, played it for 10 minutes and I stopped. I still haven't played it. I watched I a lot so of gameplay. I was so excited because I love Witcher 3. It's the best game ever. I've played it all the way through probably 10 times. And so I was like really amped for Cyberpunk. I, I pre-ordered it like a year in advance or something absurd. Um, I've never been so disappointed in a game. It, I don't even like to talk about it. I'm, I'm bitter. Is it because of the glitches? <laughs> no, it's because the game was horrible. Yeah. The, the reason why Witcher was so great is it was beautiful. Like you watch it and it's visually stunning and, and the story is so cool and there's all these little games and things you can do inside of it. Cyberpunk is like hideously ugly and just, I, I hate it. I hated it. There's no I, like Gwent I, in it. No, no card game, sub game, or anything. No, not that I, played I got it, to. I played it for more than ten minutes. I played it for probably a half an hour, <laughs> and then I just stopped playing it. Impressive. I didn't even get to the glitches. I was just like, the first thing I did was, okay, how do I switch to third person? Oh, yeah, you, you that's can't. what bothered me too. <laughs> I love yeah. playing third person. I want to see my character. I want to. I, I, I like switching. It. So like with Witcher, it's third person. Mm-hmm. With uh, Skyrim, it's both. Right. And I like. So it's particularly with Skyrim, when you're traversing, I like being third person. So I'm, you know, running somewhere. And then when I go to combat, I like to switch. Yeah. With Cyberpunk, it was just like, no, it's forced first person. And then I was kind of like, eh. It was basically like Grand Theft Auto with like a bunch of like degenerate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just. I love it. I hated it. I'm really angry about it, actually. I wanted my money back. I think I got a <laughs> refund. Oh, I should Because they manually did it for everybody. Oh. But the game's still on my, I don't know, whatever. I didn't I'm going to wait like a year. I don't know. I got Witcher 3. It's still in the pipeline. I just haven't played Witcher it yet. Witcher 3, you got to play it. It's one of the best it. games, the best apparently. Game ever. I put like 15 hours into I like it, it and more I barely, because I'm just collecting wow. herbs and crafting and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Kingdom well, Come is great, too. Those are like my Kingdom three Come. Yeah, I've got that one, too, in, in the pipeline. Oh. Yeah. So should we do a video game podcast, apparently? That'd be so I, fun. I love video games. All right. Even just a review. All right, awesome. Davey Bowie Scott says, I'm in Seattle. I don't like the, the they keep voting for it, they deserve it argument. Sure, I'll get right on amassing tyrannical powers to force my neighbors to vote my way. Tim, you live in America. You elected Biden. Nah. Uh, f- well, for one thing, I will say 
I totally recognize that Joe Biden just blew up a bunch of Syrians and went to war and I complain about it and I don't like it and I vote against it. And there's a big difference between Joe Biden blowing up where I live and Joe Biden blowing up other places. I wouldn't like either of it, but I will tell you this. If I was in a place, say, I don't know, the Philadelphia suburbs and Black Lives Matter kept rioting and there were crazy, you know, shootouts, I would leave. Oh, hey, I did. So look, I get it, man. I'm not trying to rag on you. I'm just saying I I understand there are people who are trapped there. So that argument isn't about the people who can't leave because they can't afford it or otherwise. I'm saying for the people who vote for it, why should I feel bad for them? Like the people who live in these in these areas that keep voting like 80 percent Democrat. I understand there's a decent amount of people who don't like it. You know what? I'm just going to be harsh and say you've got to find a way to get out. When I was in, when I lived in Chicago, I sold everything at a couple hundred bucks, found a ride share to California, and I had a backpack. And I was homeless. I just went. I'm like, I don't care. And it, within a couple of days, I had a job, I had a place to live, and I was I figured it out. Maybe not everybody can do it. Maybe if you have a family, it's a lot harder. But I would say if you are in Portland or Seattle and you don't like what's happening, you need to sell stuff and then find a, a new job in a different place and get away from this. Life isn't easy. Only come to West Virginia, though, if you're extremely red. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you'll hate it. We're, ter- we're terrible. No, but they will hate it, though. They actually it's will. crazy. Like, we have Confederate flags everywhere. <laughs> oh we play the banjo. There's Bigfoot. Don't do it. There's yeah. like 10 Bigfoot. Yetis. Yeah. And yeah. they like, and they know if you're the a Democrat. Snarly Yow. It's yeah. like a, a snarly the, the Yow. The wolf Bigfoot. And the, and the Yaguai, you know the Yaguai? Yeah, one well, know from Fallout. Uh-huh. Mothman. Mothman, yep, they all yep. hang out together. Yeah, and you'll man. be like, you'll, you'll be in West Virginia, and they'll all come see you, and they'll have pipes, and then and they'll banjos. be like, liberals, come out to play. <laughs> and the monsters will come at you. Well, exactly. we'll take the red, though. We'll take, we'll take the red refugees. Dude, to be honest, though, if you were an urban liberal, you would not want to live there. Mm, because not. you have to, like actually work you know we have a couple liberals in my area but they're like more like dixiecrats they're not like they're not woke yeah (laughs) they're they're like it's i don't i don't know who would want to live in a rural area who was a democrat they 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 come out there and they complain about everything yeah it's like you really need to visit with like an airbnb for a few days and then consider do you want to deal like you have to you need a gun you definitely need a gun there's no police you know where most places you you might have a sheriff's office they can get to your house in about 40 minutes. So you're going to want to buy guns and you're going to need to know how to use them. And your kids are going to need to know how to use them as well. I'm not even kidding. That's true. If you've got, if like your kids, you know, are in an area and there's a, a, a dangerous criminal and you didn't teach your kids proper gun safety, you know, you're going to, you're going to regret it. So I don't think any of these liberals want their kids learning how to use guns. Yeah. I'd imagine they would not be happy with that. Leftists, on the other hand, probably would be okay with it. Leftists seem to like guns. Yeah. All right. Nilly Boomer says, you can't just have no Luke and not even explain it. <laughs> did. Well, well, we explained it later on. Everyone, yeah. everyone in the, in the, in the comments were like, where's Luke? You got to like, follow rip, him on Instagram so that you can follow wanderer. his adventures. Yeah. yeah. He's always been like that. I've known Luke for God, Forever. probably over a decade now. <laughs> He's always been a wonder. I used to message him and be like, Hey, what country are you in? <laughs> yeah. Y'all are lucky he was here as long as he was. Yeah. yeah. yeah Cause amazed. every day he was like, so when are we leaving? And I'm like, dude, we can't just, when we, we, we got to go on a road trip and do a tour. And I'm like, okay, we'll do a tour, but we got to like, so much. So we, stuff. we, we actually are going to do a tour. Yeah. I'm we're so going to do a tour and we're going to do live. This is a really awesome idea we had. Luke and I were talking about how to do a Timcast IRL on the road with live events. And so one person asked about when are we going to do these live events at the, at, you know, here on the ground at the facility soon, it's just cold. So now that it's warming up, 
we're going to finish out the venue and then do limited sized events. You know, there's still cover restrictions, but I think we're allowed to have up to 50 people. So it will be a whole lot of fun and we'll get, you know, we'll book people and we'll do maybe like we'll, we'll do some kind of live show on a weekend. But for the road trip, we've got a couple RVs and we will do the show, the podcast in the in the RV. We'll spend a week in I think I think we're planning right now to do Nashville, then Austin and then um probably Nashville again, but I'm not sure, maybe a different city. And that's just because we stop, spend a week there, hit Texas, spend a week in Texas, go back. It's going to be spend so a week. fun. And then we're, we're trying to do it so that Friday nights, we'll actually have the podcast set up in a venue with like a thousand seats and people can buy tickets to come and watch the podcast like this live on a Friday night. And the super chats will just be the audience questions, which will so be fun. really, really awesome. That's the plan for now. We'll see if we can make it happen because venues are like closed. So who mm. knows? Uh, but that's what we're going to be doing. So there you go. And Luke is on vacation because Luke's life is a vacation. <laughs> and uh, I don't know when he'll be back. If he will be back, we'll find out. Hey. You can follow Luke at We Are Change on Luke, YouTube. Luke, we Are Change. Luke, We Are, we are Change on Instagram. And you can watch him travel around. It's pretty, uh, we got to read a bunch more. We got Mitch Stu says, I am deep in Wall Street bets. GameStop still hasn't peaked. Visit the uh, the squeezesquoze.com to understand the short positions. Is the squeezesquoze. The squeezesquoze.com? Is the squeezesquoze. Like is, oh, is the squeezesquoze.com. Oh, ah, yeah. it's a question. I've been checking that. <laughs> if we hold, it will be $4,200.69 per share. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> together strong. It's a gorilla. Gorilla together strong. Hold the line. You know, when they started posting all the gorilla memes... I was like, this is the perfect opportunity for the I am a gorilla shirt. I wonder if people would accidentally buy that thinking it was in some way related. <clears throat> Maybe we need to make a special version where he's holding money and he's got <laughs> sunglasses on and he's yeah. wearing, oh, we should totally oh, do that. I, yes. didn't, I didn't want to co-opt Wall Street bets though by doing it. Yeah. Because we already had the I am a gorilla shirt, but maybe we can give him like stacks of cash and do special edition versions. Yeah. <laughs> and those we, sunglasses. Yeah. We do have one. We, we're, we're about to, it's, it's going to go up soon. It's the I am a gorilla love yourself. And he's giving a thumbs up and winking. Dude, we could do like the gorilla on the beach sitting in a like a beach chair with a drink with sunglasses on. We do a whole line. So much you can the, do. I am a gorilla. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> the mascot chilling. now, I guess. James Fox says, hey, Tim, I'm a Republican living in New York's 18th district, and I plan on running for Congress. I'd love to come on your show. I've reached out on Instagram. I hope you reach out soon. James Fox. Um, Email's probably better, but... You know, we get inundated with so many emails and people DM me on Instagram and I was like, oh, I'll check. And I checked and there's like 10,000 messages I can't sort through. So I just can't really do anything. But uh, we we sh we have um, what's a good in email, maybe info at Timcast. Yeah. Spin the UFO is good, too. If you, you want still to check that one. It. Yeah, I check it. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Spin the UFO at Gmail dot com is more of just like, I guess, general posts. General stuff. Yeah. There you go. The mm -hmm. and the void says I'm here because I simp over Cassandra. <laughs> Ooh, they they love you on Twitter. They Aww. do. Thank you, guys. Spicy tweets. <laughs> Matthew Recamp says a few streams ago, someone was asking about book recommendations. I recommend the author Dakota Kraut. Tim and friends might particularly like the Artorians Archive series. Think John Wick as a philosopher, foster parent in a medieval setting with magic. Wow, interesting. Ooh. The Civic Nationalist says, "Ian, I'm not white. I'm British. British." To say I'm white is to compare me and my culture to the French, Germans, Spanish. Stop applying your ish American politics to my country. Thank did, you. Did you? Did you? <laughs> no. No, he was the one who was saying, you know, they're all so different. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Human first. Irish people aren't like Brits. Let's get that cleared up. Do, uh, we, we, I, I, we should have played. Maybe we should play the Irish guy viral clip. Yes. I did love you see it. that, Cassandra? No. The Irish guy gets stopped at a checkpoint. 
and he's just yelling at these cops about the COVID lockdown. And then oh, I think I did see. That. And they're like, like, do you watch the new? Old? I don't think it's old. Oh, I mean, maybe like a week or so. Oh, OK. Maybe no, longer. I didn't see this but, the, but the cop is like, do you watch the news sir?" because he calls it a scamdemic. And he's like, do I watch the news? And then he's like, RTE. And he goes, RTE is shite. And then he's like, what about the BBC? He goes, oh, the Crown News Service. It was just so good. I, old Irish guy. <laughs> Listening to too much Irish rebel. All right. Music. All right. Jim Farm says, if you want to, if you want to unite humanity, then it is Christianity. We are uh, Christianity. We are all equipped in God's eye. We are all rebels, sinners. None is righteous. Not no, not one. And there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female for you are all one Christ Jesus. I wonder how that jives with the, uh, the gender ideology stuff. That quote. You're kind of seeing it play out a little bit on Twitter right now. It'd be incredible if we could all live Christian, dismiss with religion, and just be unified. Like Jesus wanted us to be. Yeah, he didn't care about religion. He was like a, a Jew that had given it up and was like more interested in communication. I don't know. I think if you, we, we should have Seamus on, he would, he would be like, Ian, Ian. Yes. He would school you. He knows a lot about Catholicism. Great, Definitely. Yeah. All right, we got one for Cassandra. Ken W. says... For Cassandra, <clears throat> Asian kids grow up watching anime, which aren't infected with wokeness yet. Also, for brokerage, I highly recommend opening a Roth IRA with Charles Schwab and invest in their ETFs. Cool. I have been very interested in Roth IRAs, and also everybody knows I love anime. So, which anime? Oh, I love so many animes. I don't know. Do you <laughs> want to know my favorite yeah, one? Yeah, of course. Or? Are we okay. going to start an anime podcast? My favorite. I'm down. My favorite one is Steinsgate. Hands down. Love Steinsgate. Um, I've been watching Neverland. Uh, what's it called? The Neverland one. I don't know. Finding Never. No. Finding Neverland. Is it Finding Neverland? No, that's like a movie, no. isn't it? Something like that. Michael Jackson. That one's really great. Um, it's about these demons who are farming child, human children because cool. they have a pact with the human world where they're going to stop fighting with each other. But the humans had to leave some humans behind for them to breed to eat. Wow. And so Yikes. it's great. It's on season two right now. I'm a little bit upset at season two because Emma, this character, is horrible and it's ruining the whole thing for me. And I can't stand <laughs> her because she's a softie who doesn't want to kill the demons even though they ate her family. What? I can't deal. <laughs> no. Anyway, yeah, anime is great. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Brapzak says, ATF wants to remember Waco. As a Texan, we know the story. Kids were murdered. I have visited the site. WTF. Makes me sick. But what makes me vomit is that I am not surprised. Yeah, man, for real. John Mayers says, Dr. Seuss was canceled from Virginia School District. Think left, think right, think low, think high. Oh, the things you can think if only you tried. Dr. S. Yeah. I was conflicted about that because I kind of hate Dr. Seuss. Yeah, he's not Why? my favorite. He was a war propagandist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wasn't he anti-Semitic? <laughs> no, he was Jewish. Just propagandist. Yeah. And okay. he accused everybody else of being anti-Semitic. Gotcha. Uh, very, but, very woke. Uh, I actually, I love Dr. Seuss books, but I hated his war propaganda. So hmm. I remember that. Yeah. All right. It's touchy. Stinky Ugly says, defund the ATF. They make laws about things they don't understand. Literally. I think leftists would agree with that. They like guns. Yeah. That's true. I mean, as long as you're not talking about liberals and Democrats, like the actual left. No, like, like the actual leftists, you know. There's, a, there's a lot of things that like we could agree on if they weren't that crap. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem with leftists is that they're more likely to ally themselves with the establishment Democrats. Yeah. And while there is a problem, in my opinion, with the establishment Republicans, the Republicans are just so incredibly feckless and weak. Like Republican leadership is an oxymoron. Save Trump. 
You know, Mitch McConnell is just one of the most spineless politicians I've ever seen. He like he votes to acquit Trump and then complains about him. It's yeah. like, come on, man. Look, I'd have infinitely more respect if he just said, I don't like Donald Trump. I'd be like, well, at least he's being honest. He's not even being honest about that. I don't know what the guy likes. He's like scared of it. He's a turtle. He's a turtle guy and he's scared of everybody. There you go. Clef the Misfit says, Tim, stop saying the GOP can't win without Trump. There's this man you may have heard of. His name is Ron DeSantis. He is a significantly more disciplined and principled choice for 2024. I agree a little bit. I think you disagree, maybe. I really like DeSantis. Um, I don't like a bill that he signed, which I view as anti-free speech. Which one was that? Um, he signed a BDS law. Oh, and really? I actually kind yeah. of side with the left on this because oh, I think I absolutely it's a free do. speech issue. Yeah, definitely. I think you should be able to boycott any nation that you please. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. That's the crazy thing that really annoys me is like when I'll speak up to like defend an American's right to speak and then I'll get these leftists being like, I don't hear you standing up for free speech when the left is censored. And I'm like, oh, why? What happened? And they're like the BDS thing. And I was like, okay, okay. First of all. I do defend their right to free speech, but more importantly, that's not America. Okay. I'm not, I'm not a staunch nationalist. I'm just kind of like, don't be surprised if I see an American citizen kicked off a platform where people are talking with the president and I get upset by it. And I'm not super concerned about Israel and, and boycotts, but, but just rest assured, I care very, very much about Middle Eastern foreign conflict, Israel and stuff. And absolutely, in numerous instances, I have defended the right of the left. I actually go out of my way to be like, is there something from the left where they're getting censored on BDS? Because I want to make sure they, they know I support your free speech. I might disagree with a lot of them on, on, on all these things. Disagree with the, the alt-right and stuff on their speech, but they're allowed to speak. And then you got to challenge those ideas. Trucker Wall says the retaliation to Waco was the OKC bombing. I hope we never see something like that again. That's why the government needs to stop suppressing citizens and stop the woke craziness. Is that true? Yeah. Timothy Whoa. McVeigh was mad about Waco. Wow, and Ruby really? Ridge. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. What was the building that got bombed? Was it, it was a federal building, right? It was the, wasn't it the ATF building? Wow, was it really? The problem is that there was a daycare on the first floor. He really should have looked into that. Wow. I mean, he really should have not blown up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like also don't. Don't blow up Do your homework right next to the daycare. That's, that, that's the biggest problem I have with a lot of the with, with the left and terror in general is the targeting of like non-combatants. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm, I think internally in the U.S. You, you violence is wrong. And I think the issue is look at this. Like we're sitting here on a decently high profile show talking, you know, poorly about a government agency about the crimes they committed. And there are a large of Americans who know this. It is bad for them. I just want to say, obviously, he shouldn't have bombed. That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that that was the only, like, that it was good other than the daycare. I'm just saying, like, he the, the daycare thing, that's really makes yeah. it extra bad. That was really upsetting. I remember the footage of yeah, the little, little shoes and stuff. Wow. Now, this is a really good super chat. Bad Adam 12 says the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms should be a convenience store, not a government agency. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I want that on a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, I'll get a carton of uh, Marlboro Box 100s that, uh, let's see, what do you got? Delirium. Ooh, I'll take a couple of those, and I'll take that uh, 556 uh, pistol. America. <laughs> America. <laughs> let's see. Do we have another one? Zach Helk? Is that an I? Every time Cassandra is on, I learn something new, in this case about Waco. Also, she tells the kinds of jokes I do that no one gets, so I respect her for that as well. <laughs> well, there you go. Someone understands <laughs> Somebody you. Somebody gets me. Yes. 
I, I elite says Tim was offended by gorilla shirt maxing out at two XL. I am so offended that I lost 42 pounds in the last 24 days. I will be small enough by the end of March maintaining this. Expect a disgruntled image of me later. Offended. I'm impressed. I don't That's think I was offended job. by it. How did did you I do that? Awesome. Very cool. I think I mentioned when Ethos was on that a lot of the shirts that we've sold oh, are yeah. 2XL. I wouldn't say the majority. It's not a plurality. There's just a lot of them I noticed. So I think, you know, we were, we were talking about it. Ethan, who famously lost a ton of weight, said, just don't expect it all to happen at once and just moderation and, you know, vigilance, I guess, diligence. My thing is, you know, go for a walk, man. I think a lot of people aren't getting enough vitamin D, especially if you're staying inside too much, playing video games, watching movies, especially with the lockdown. If you can get outside and go for a walk, even for like a half an hour, it's amazing. The sights you will see. Serotonin. Yeah. Everything. The places you'll go. Yes, exactly. Canceled. Canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Dr. Seuss? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was, uh, I, I was outside earlier. I'm just so excited for the weather. Oh, I can't wait. Too. I can't yeah. wait until we can have events and, and shows and bands and everything and, and just Windows barbecue, open. man. Yeah. I can't wait to, to grill. We got a bunch of steaks. We're going to grill. It's going to be fantastic. It's when we have good. these events, they're not going to be super big. It's going to be like 50 people. But we're going to have drinks, sodas. It's going to be like a big barbecue gathering. I believe we just got a drum kit, right? We have a drum kit coming. Ooh, that's exciting. We are going to have bands. Fun. And it's going to be, it's going to be, it's, they're, they're private events. But they're gonna, the tickets will be publicly available. But it's interesting because it's still technically private because it's exclusive to members only. So it'll be really interesting. I miss uh, concerts. We'll yeah, have uh, we're gonna have bands play in the in the in the venue shed thing. I'll we be have. here. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Coming over all the time. Yeah. And maybe. then when we're like you know come to the event and you know special guest Cassandra Fairbanks will sell will sell out instantly. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, from people coming here to throw things at me oh but we'll have security <laughs> yeah, yeah plus we're armed to the teeth out here so everybody yeah, yeah. You know. that's true and you know gonna so. get hit with tomatoes all right let's see <laughs> oh you all. we'll just read a couple more logan Orr says okc bomber was also mad about the ar ban clinton passed mm-hmm. oh yeah an interesting thing timothy mcfay became friends with ted kaczynski in prison i just wow. learned that recently wow. that was huh. weird yeah Katie says, but Cassandra, we get censored from them and get denied our free speech. Do you think we should fight fire with fire? Are we talking about the left? I think, yeah, BDS. Oh, well, yes and no. I think that censoring or pushing for censorship in any way is not good. It's not fighting fire with fire because it's going to get used against us. Um, it's like should, burning your house down yeah. because you're mad that your neighbor, you're hoping your neighbors will catch on fire too. A lot of, a lot of the times I'm like, well, let's do to them what they do to us. We have to play by their rules. It's Alinsky, right? But not in this case, not in the case of censorship. I think it's too serious. It's too much of a problem and it's, it's dangerous. I, I don't think we should mess with it at all. And I will never support anyone on the left, right, anywhere getting censored. I just don't. Yeah. I agree. Principled. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have to make fun of uh, Cuomo. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, 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 and I'll tell you this. They didn't – Cassandra and I were talking about this, and it was kind of like we, – we were talking, and then I stole the idea for the tweet yeah. that they didn't call for Cuomo's resignation when he killed all those people in nursing homes. Mm. It was only after he got Me too that they were like, off with his head, and it's like, he has 13,000 dead people. I mean, that maybe oh, – I guess not. So we'll talk about that over at TimCast.com. Make sure you go and sign up. That should be up in about an hour or so. It'll probably be a shorter segment, but we'll talk and we'll, you know, we'll see how things go. So again, timcast.com. You can become a member. We got a whole bunch of really awesome content, members only exclusive full podcast episodes. Don't forget you can, uh, don't forget to subscribe 
smash the like button on this channel. Hit the notification bell. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, then leave us a really good review. Give us like five stars. Give us 10 stars. If it lets you, I don't know how many stars you're allowed to give. Five. And five. Is that it? Huh? That's all right. Yeah. Well, give us five <laughs> and then tell all your friends because that's the only real way we grow. We don't like run commercials or anything. It's really just word of mouth. If you like the show, share it. And it's greatly appreciated. You can follow me on all podcast, uh, all social media platforms at TimCast. My other YouTube channels are youtube.com slash TimCast and youtube.com slash TimCast News. We are back here live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Cassandra, did you want to mention anything before we jump over to members only stuff? Um, I'm on Twitter at Cassandra Rules, at least for now. <laughs> and then I'm over on Parlor, Gab, uh, Clubhouse, all that other stuff. And Feel very- free to follow. And very soon, we're going to have a creepy cults yes. crime yes. podcast. Excited. Probably, I don't know when, you know, we're, 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 it's going to happen. And I think it'll be Sundays, but it might be like live Monday night or something. No, I think maybe it should, it's got to go up on Sunday. We'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. It's going to be a produced show. It's not going to be a big newsy show. It's going to be more of like a mystery topics and stuff. So it can be so cool. evergreen. But yeah. People have been asking me to do a podcast like that for years because I'm so obsessed with this weird stuff. It's going to be awesome. Excited. Then maybe we'll just press record and let you talk for an hour and then stop and we'll do 10 episodes in one day and then we'll be good for the year. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I'm answer. a terrible no. rambler. No. <laughs> Scramble away. Uh, hey guys, you can follow me also at iancrossland.net. I said something about Jesus earlier. I wanted to want to clarify. I don't think that he hated organized religion at, at blanketly, but that he despised the corruption and the segregation mm-hmm. brought on by that organization. And I feel the same way about modern society. So hopefully we can look past the the confusion and the veil and and come together as humans. Like really, you know, do this. What what he, what I think he wanted. And and whoever all these other great prophets. Thank you, Tim, for this opportunity. Um. I love you all. And buy a mug on my website. Yeah, Capitalism ain't code. so bad if you got if you do it right. That's right. <laughs> and I am in the corner pushing buttons for these guys. I'm super excited about the new potential podcast. I'm Sarah Patch Lids on Twitter and Minds, and I'm Real Sarah Patch Lids on Instagram and Gab. So someone's asking, uh, Heathen, Airsoft and Jason, how do I get an invite to play Airsoft at the Beanie Ooh. Compound? So the way it's working right now, because we don't really have this on the website, we're doing a new website redesign. Everybody who's a $25 member or higher will get first notification of when we're doing events and first access towards buying the tickets. I don't really like this kind of stuff because people who are $10 members are as equally as important to all of us. The issue is we were trying to figure out the threshold to where we could make sure trolls wouldn't be coming and harassing us. And... It felt like, you know, look, we, we can provide a kind of like a premium access at 25 bucks or more membership where you'll get a day advance notice, which means you'll probably not be able to get a ticket if you're only a $10 member. Again, I'm not a fan of the classes kind of stuff of like access is determined by money, but we, we do have to consider that there are some bad actors who will try and get access to this house to figure out where it is to come here and do bad things. We got to get security cameras and a bunch of stuff when we start doing this. So I was like, well, it's a benefit to those who support the show and give more, and it's kind of a paywall to block trolls. So that's how it'll happen, and we are going to have airsoft battles. We were, I think Luke was talking about like the Daily Caller versus the Timcast IRL crew. Yeah, and the Riot crew. The Riot, the, the, the yeah, Riot the Daily Caller yeah. Riot crew versus the Timcast crew, and because uh, we can, and things like that will be happening. I'm not entirely sure what the schedules will be or how many there will be, but I think we're going to do a decent amount because we're, we're really into having these events once it gets a little bit warmer. So maybe in the next month or so, we're probably going to start planning this out in the next couple of weeks. So maybe end of March might be the first event and uh, we'll send out, we'll probably put a post on the website 
for people who are members at 25 or higher with a portal for getting tickets. And there's probably only going to be like 50. So it'll be pretty tough. But, you know, I apologize, man. I'm, I'm not a big fan of lotteries, but if there's high demand, there's only so much we can do. I'll leave it there. We're going to go over to the TimCast.com exclusive segment to rag on Cuomo, and we will see you all there.